my God. You dog, you. We're old friends. She's sexy. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, April 11th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 503. This is No Agenda. Pushing up my antisocial personality disorder here at the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas. Capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And without further ado, from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. DeVore. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, no further ado. What's that Bitcoin doing for you? <laughs> I, that, what a fantastic, fantastic thing to see. Isn't it, look, it's not like I didn't agree that we both agree that Bitcoin is the beanie baby of the financial crisis. In fact, I, I tweeted that just to remind everybody that that is what you said, what you asserted. Yes, and that's what makes me think that we have a crash coming because the Beanie yeah. Baby phenomenon was the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Worthless crap means nothing. <laughs> they traded as though it was had great value. I love I love the you know, on Reddit they have um, a subreddit, and it's like uh, hold strong, everybody. <laughs> 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 it's really funny. This is we we got a wall. We got a wall at a hundred. My right God, away, yeah. These, uh, or it was probably a floor at 100. No, no, they they, they call it a wall. They call a it a wall. wall. Yeah, yeah. The Bitcoin. You're falling com- down, straight down. It's not a wall down the, there. The, the, bit, the Bitcoin community calls it a wall. Don't be a denier, man. This is a natural correction. By the way, this was the same group. I they, Many of them weren't really in the, uh, old enough, but it was essentially, it was a bunch of tech nuts that, that helps start the Beanie Baby thing. Um. It was indeed. It was. It was um, uh, geeky nerds, wasn't it? A lot of them. And then, of course, then it went mainstream, and that's when the thing really skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah then it became like. Which I mean, it would, it, for this technically, to, right? For this technically to be the same way, it would have to get picked up by the public, and then just become worth thousands of dollars, and then crashed at zero. But you know what's interesting about the uh, so if if you haven't if you have no idea what's going on. Be- well, I have a report. Well, oh, hold on a second. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, this is a local news reporter trying to explain Bitcoin. Uh, what's the report title? Oh, I <laughs> got it. All right, here we go. Come on, come on, load up. It prohibits it. It probably sounds a lot like a scam to a lot of people. Virtual yes. currency? That's right. It's money that you can't touch. But people are snapping it up like crazy. Snapping it on something called the Bitcoin. It's got a lot of open space. Taylor Moore of Nashville is selling his property in Canada, asking price $405,000 or a few thousand bitcoins. Bitcoins are digital coins you can send through the Internet. I've used it for a few online purchases, and it's it's been the, the simplest thing that I've ever used. So what exactly is a bitcoin? Actually, it's probably easier to talk about what bitcoin is not. They are not physical coins. They are not wads of paper cash. Bitcoin is digital money. Transactions from computer to computer. Nothing you can hold in your hand. Well, it's a virtual currency. Uh, You're right, you can't touch it, but most of your dollars in the bank you can't really touch anyway. Declan McCullough of CNET says special software assigns your Bitcoin currency a unique code that you keep in a virtual wallet. Bitcoins are transferred directly from person to person via the net without going through a bank or clearinghouse. Two years ago, bitcoins were worth less than a dollar each and were unknown outside the tech world. But in re- So, um, 
first of all, I, I think that it was uh, this actual podcast um, that uh, asserted that this was not something to invest your time and money into. Correct. And and yeah, we and I'm we've been sure. we were attacked several times. Oh yeah, this is remi- reminiscent of another clip I have that I'll play later. <laughs> but, but yes, but, we were attacked from yeah, a number of sources. From, from the then, no 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 from the Bitcoin community. Right, it was from the Bitcoin. Yeah, the true <laughs> believers. It was yeah. the true believers that attacked yeah, us. It's and 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 it's sad now because I'm reading on this uh, on the subreddit. Which was just hilarious yesterday. A couple of things. First of all, this is all about the exchanges. We need new exchanges because uh, M- uh, MT Gox, which that's how I call it, but it's I guess Mount Mount Gox, MT Gox, is the main exchange, and of course this is where everything's manipulated. And uh, you know, the, uh, supposedly they got a denial of su- distributed denial of service attack with people, you know, selling or bots selling Bitcoin. It's you know, whatever. It's the whole point is that. We said, don't do this. And I read sad stories of people like, man, I just got in yesterday. Uh, oh, no. Or, no, no, here's the really? thing. No, here's, I worked for Bitcoins. That's my favorite. I worked for Bitcoins, not feeling too good now. Yeah. When you get paid at $266 to the yeah. Bitcoin, and, it, and what is it currently? It's 120 Still high. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's I, worthless. It's worthless. It's I mean, worth zero, I, right? So everyone's like, "Man, what are you going to do with all your Bitcoin money?" So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just holding on. I've, uh, I have still 100 Bitcoin. So in theory, I lost like sixteen thousand dollars. Of course, I had nothing to start with, and I didn't put. This is all found money, so-called money. Um, and I but I wonder. So you know, there's this outfit called BitPay. And the way BitPay works, and, and help me understand this, John. Uh, you wait a minute. Don't put those kinds of demands on me. <laughs> no, I, I, so they give you a Bitcoin. Uh, it's it's for if you're selling stuff. If you're a merchant, now I'm not a merchant. You know they have a good little PR thing going on. You know the first bar in New York City to accept bitcoins, and so the way How do you it works. Buy a drink with a bitcoin. Well, there's a it's a process. But uh, you, you get like a QR code. You get no. Nah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I need a drink. Here's my question. <laughs> hey man, I can't remember my number, bro. <laughs> it's it's kind of long. Kind of long. Can you give me like a double, and then I'll give you a Bitcoin tomorrow. <laughs> so they give you a Bitcoin address. The minute money is deposited, bitcoins. I'm sorry, are deposited. It shows up at the current rate in your account, and they transfer that amount to your bank account minus 1% fee. Oh, I thought there was no fees involved with this great scam. (laughs) But bear with me, because I'm asking you a question. So, on this meteoric rise, I've been like, every day, I'm like, I'm going to sell a Bitcoin. Honey, it's time. And so, so I don't sell it, I just transfer it to my BitPay account, and then, you know, boom, it's there in dollars, and they send it to me. So, what happens to an outfit like that who received? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they received a thousand bitcoins yesterday from people who expected to see it change into the current rate. Um, you know, they only do their their transfer once a once a day to the oh. bank account. So, how do they eat the loss on that? Well, you know actually, the way most of these things work is uh, mutual funds have a similar kind of a setup. They have, they have a, a certain time when they do the transaction, hmm. and it's at the time of transaction that the that the um, 
that the calculation of what you get is made. It's not like in the morning. You said, say, in the morning. Oh, by the way, in the morning, Adam. Oh, hey, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Hey. In the morning, all ships to see boots on the ground, feet in the air, and subs in the water, and dames and knights out there. Yeah, and, anyway. and, and, uh, and uh, in the morning. The chat room. Anyway, in the morning. Uh, they, uh, you get, you send your Bitcoin into them before uh, thinking you're going to get 160 bucks. If they, d- I don't know how they're set up, but generally speaking, the way it's supposed to work is that when the transaction actually takes place, that's, you get the, the transaction amount at yeah, the moment. Well, yes, I understand. So you get a hundred bucks instead of the 160 expected. No, 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 no. No, that's not, that's not how they're doing it, at least. Well, they're doing it wrong. Well, that's why I'm asking. How can those guys survive when you have... They can't. They, that's, what, that's why you don't do it that way. <laughs> Science! You don't do it that way because that's what can happen. You get whip, whipsawed, right? The, the that's what I mean, yeah. Do you like my new jingle? Science! Do you, you recognize that voice? Is that you? No. Science! Name the voice. Oh God! You know yeah, Eric Schill is an expert at this. Oh, you, you can, can do you can do this one. Science. Who would rip our show off while claiming he's never heard it? Oh, that's Leo. Science. Exactly. That is Leo. <laughs> oh, can you rip our show off without? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, he does that. <laughs> I what, just what you doing a podcast? What? <laughs> what twice a week now? What? <laughs> oh, um, before we start. Um, remember on uh, show 500, well, we have started technically, I guess on show 500, you uh, brought back a couple of clips and, um, and we played them and these were, you know, just crazy things that only really this show has stopped to to talk about and think about. Uh, but one clip in particular, one of our producers went, holy crap. I mean, you guys, you're playing it for the second time, and do you actually hear what is being said? And this is in regards to the, do you believe an attack on the homeland is imminent within the next six months? Right. Said in 2009. Right. Um, but and we, everyone said yes. Well, that wasn't really the question, nor the answer. And <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I know. And I'm like, and, 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 and it took me. A while to understand because this email was coming in, and you know, a lot. I guess so much email. Oh, and I try not to reply because when you reply, then people think, "Oh, goody, I have a little chat with Adam. Let's send I another have, email." Got him hooked. I got Let it. <laughs> another email from him. Hey. Let's see if he actually signs off, even with his initials. See, I, I answer all email. <laughs> Such a dick. You do not. <laughs> all right. So let's listen to this again with uh, with new ears. Well, intelligence to the head of the CIA, they were all in agreement. Listen. What is the likelihood of another terrorist attempted attack on the U.S. homeland in the next three to six months? Now, did you hear what she said? Yes, it was like an t- attack or attempted attack. The likelihood of a U.S. attempted attack. Now listen to the answer. High or low? Director Blair? An attempted attack. The priority is certain. (laughs) The priority is certain for an attempted attack. (laughs) Now, yeah, you're right. That... Actually, that answer is ludicrous on the surface. I mean, we know what it means is yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the priority. Yeah, it means we're going to go do something. Yes, that's exactly what it means. But and, start, you know, play the whole thing over again with it in mind that she's asking if we're going to attack ourselves in some phony baloney way. <laughs> yeah, and is, and, and, and is it important that we do so? Which we, which is the reinterpretation? <laughs> that's of the that re- question, right? That's the real question here. Yes. Well, intelligence to the head of the CIA. They were all in agreement. Listen. 
What is the likelihood of another terrorist attempted attack on the U.S. homeland in the next three to six months? High or low? Director Blair? An attempted attack, the priority is certain, I would say. Mr. Panetta? I would agree with that. Mr. Mueller? Agree. General Burgess? Yes, ma'am. Agree. Mr. Dinger? Yes. And note, and notice that none of them say, because the question was high, medium, or low, and they're just saying, no, whatever he said, you know, the priority's high for the an attempt. The high. priority is high. We got to do that. So the, you, you just have to listen, people. That's the, that is the, the lesson here. And even we miss that. <laughs> Can't believe it. Man, we need to play our jingle for that, huh? Here we go. Because words do matter. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, so the Bitcoin thing fell apart. Um, no, 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 no. This is a uh, this is a normal market correction. This is how the oh, free market, market works. Yeah, this what is, am I thinking? <laughs> this is how. Shall we shall we read some from the <laughs> from the um, the Bitcoin subreddit? Yes, I want to hear some okay, of this. Okay, uh, here is one. I think this subreddit should seriously consider having suicide hotline info posted. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Please stop crying. Move over to another exchange and save the future of Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the one that I had yesterday seems to have been bumped off. That was That was just hilarious. People just like, oh, man, this is... Who else didn't sell? I mean, have you ever have you ever seen these? The, it's just like a bunch of old ladies. Well, no, it's more like the the Yahoo bulletin board penny stock forums. Oh, nice. Well, they're a bunch of old ladies too, right? Well, yeah, I don't know if they're old ladies, but they're all just sitting no, there. I'm talking like, about they're not old ladies. They're they act like old ladies, fidgety old ladies, right? So everyone's very surprised. Uh, that they weren't able to really trade when this uh, price fluctu- fluctuation oh, took that's place. that's a very interesting phenomenon. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm just waiting now. Where 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 are y'all? Come on back. Let's wait for the love, the Bitcoin love, after we told you so. We did. Hey. We told everyone so. Well, you are still a true believer. <laughs> no. No, John. That's, what are you talking about? I, I expressly told you to take the, the Bitcoin donation off of the donation page. Yeah, I know I did that. Yeah. You're right. Okay. And it, so here's, here's, here's my point, people. So let's say we're counting on exchanging this into uh, money to pay for rent, which is pretty much what we do you know, with, with the, the, the funds you support us with. So that we can, you know, rent and food. There's not much else I do. Bills. Well, bills, yeah. So if if people had donated on the last show, which was already low, and they had done it in Bitcoin, and we would immediately have had only forty percent. Can you imagine? Yeah, it would have been how, a huge. Yeah, mess. it would have been sad. It would have been a really sad day. Okay. Well, in more lively news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to read the headline and then read a little bit of the article. Okay. Bras make breasts saggier. Oh. A 15-year French study revealed. So they were studying breasts mm-hmm. for 15 years. Uh, it says here, women have long been told that a good bra can help support the chest, relieve back pain, and prevent sagging. However, a new 15-year French study reveals the opposite. 
Bras do little to reduce back pain, and over time, they can actually make breasts breasts sag even more. Really? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Ind- indeed, he says. <laughs> Rul Yan and his team, I'm going to skip through a little bit of the article, and his team spent years measuring the changes in the breasts of 330 women using a simple slide rule and caliper <laughs> at the center of Hospitalier Universitaire ah, those in Bresson, where he carried out his research. Yeah, those French guys. <laughs> Carried out 15 years of major, measuring breasts and, with... And, and this was funded, but this was a funded research project. Uh, the study found that women who took off their bras for good experienced a 7 millimeter measured by the by the measurement tool lift in their nipples each year. <laughs> each year they didn't wear a bra 7 millimeters up. Mm. Researchers also found that braless women developed firmer breasts and saw their stretch marks fade. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well, that's just, that's just great, John. <laughs> thank you for that. That's uh, get in on these studies. That, that's why we are the best podcast in the universe, everybody. Nobody's been reporting this. It's been underreported. Yeah. What I did see was a, um, a huge interview with uh, Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin in the oh. New York Times. Well, ooh, they're trying to get him back in the fold. They, you know, they figured the public's going to forget what a pervert he is. Well, here's what's interesting. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking at this article. I'm like, you, you should just uh, Google it real quick just to, just to, to grab it. It's like 10 pages, uh, the web pages, that is, um, online. Right. Aberdeen's what? H-U-M-A. Huma. Huma. So this is, um, uh, let me see if I can find this for you. Soul-searching wiener seeks forgiveness, CNN, one hour. Oh, so he's got a PR person. Well, Washington Post. Well, here's. ABC News. Okay, so here's what's interesting. Running for mayor. So he's running for, he's, he's considering running for mayor. That's what this is about. And, um, and, you know, so it's normal that you're going to you know, start cranking stuff up. So I read this interview this morning uh, in its entirety. I mean, it is an unbelievable fluff piece. This is the New York Times. Who's yeah, this is ho- a fluff who's- piece. I'm looking at it now. Anthony Weiner and Uma Aberdeen's post-scandal playbook. Yeah. So and it's a picture of them around the table. He's barefoot. They're, I think they're both barefoot in the picture. Uh... No, she, no, no, no. She's got some sort of leopard skin. Uh, oh, right, right, yeah, flats. She's got flats. Okay, flats. So, um, so I'm I'm reading this, and I mean, so this is not only f- completely full of crap. It is such a puff piece, and this is the New York Times. They're, they're, this is a potential mayoral candidate for the hometown of this newspaper, and this is one big fluff. There's not even one mention. Of the fact that he's Jewish and she's Muslim. And that's not in the whole article at all, you know, but it's all about their relationship and their marriage. There's no mention of, uh, Bill Clinton uh, having uh, officiated over their, uh, over their wedding. Uh, and in fact, what's very interesting is all the time Anthony Weiner is talking about maybe he should run, maybe he's considering it. Not once does it, is it written, I don't know if he said it, not once is it written, you know, that he cares about the city of New York. It's all about him and about his path. And I told you, I met this guy, I interviewed him for CNN when he was still a councilman. He is an asshole. 
And I said that when he was remember before we even knew he was lying. I said this guy is a total political douche bag. And when, that, when were you working for CNN? It was they had a, they had a CNN presents or no CNN special series, and they would have um, like different celebrities. This is my MTV days. Different celebrities go out, celebrities go out and, and interview uh, politicians. You had the big hair then. I had the big hair, and I interviewed him. <laughs> I'd like to see that interview. I interviewed him, but then I also went to see his his uh, his Uber granddaddy, which was Chuck Schumer, and I interviewed him in Washington for the piece. What uh, do you think? What? Tell us about these two guys. Okay. Uh, Anthony Weiner is an asshole. Uh, Chuck Schumer is the asshole of the daddy's asshole. I was, I mean, it was so uncomfortable for me. Because <laughs> it was just like, and Wiener, I mean, I, we talked about this on the show when this was all coming down. Like, this guy, he's just a creepy, icky, doesn't give a crap. You know, he only shows up for the cameras. I mean, I saw the whole thing taking place and when he was a councilman. So, you know, so this is clearly a move. And then I see the article is written by Jonathan Van Meter or Mater, depending on where, how you'd pronounce it. Google that name for a second. This will this will give you a kick. Oh, Jonathan see, Van Meter. He's a plant. <clears throat> M-E-T-E-R. And look what he's done recently. Just look at the Google. Let me see. Oh, do you think he did every single piece for Hillary Clinton? Do you think he did the Vogue piece for Hillary Clinton? You should actually Google Jonathan Van Meter and uh, Hillary. That's even better. And let's see all the puff pieces that he's written uh, in Hillary's <clears throat> in Hillary's footsteps uh, <clears throat> under let's see uh, top 10 things we learned about Hillary Clinton from Vogue magazine Hillary's crush on David Miliband Hillary Clinton's lighter side this guy is you know he's on the Clinton payroll <laughs> you see he it? Writes for, yeah I'm looking at some of his stuff for the New York magazine but then he writes for New York Times about a possible mayoral candidate. By the way, the guy has four and a half million dollars in the Anthony Weiner for mayor fund and another one and a half million left over from the Senate, which he gets to keep. And, you know, New York, if New it's York, the house, I'm sorry, the house, if New York would uh, elect this guy, they deserve it. It's just but, you know, it's so obvious that the Clintons are pushing him. And we knew this from the start. We knew that this was the whole deal. Because um, who? Well, he's course, got the wife. You know, Hillary's girlfriend's his wife, and so that's one uh, important aspect. That yeah, not Clinton's to be overlooked. A couple of uh, emperor types, and so they will. Like, they figure they can get more money. I mean, how much more money does Bill Clinton need? I mean, he's already he's halfway to the grave, and he's still trying to make as much money as he can. Uh, well, you know, know. you know, now, now, of course, we have Chelsea, uh, who is. Uh, oh yeah, well, of course, that's in the red book. That well, that Chelsea would run. Yeah, of course, it's in the red book. Too long ago in the red. We so when we first saw Chelsea do something, we figured she's going to run for I something. Think, we, I, she's I didn't run for congressman in Southern California. I didn't clip it, but um, and by the way, she, you know, for for the for the way she's for the woman she's turned out to be, as uh, she uh, she's a great speaker. She's very very good. Uh, and she was being interviewed, I don't know, you know, probably ABC or, you know, and some friendly compromised news network. And uh, and it's like, well, are you going to run? She's like, well, no, but, you know, should I feel that there's a uh, an obvious need? Oh, yeah, here need? we go. Yeah. <laughs> should I feel that there's an obvious need uh, for better representation? I'll run drafted. It was drafted. Uh, no, no, no. She's like, I'm very happy with my current representation. 
But uh, should I feel that uh, that's different, then uh, I will. Yeah, I'll move uh, to someplace where I, I'm not happy with those people there in Southern Nevada. <laughs> yeah, so then I can uh, go run there. Yeah, this is the this is the dynasty. Well, New Yorkers are, are are idiots anyway. I mean, Hillary Clinton, who's never really lived in New York ever, you know, waltzed into the, uh, the U.S. Senate as a senator from New York. Yeah, which is, just shows you that how you know how weak uh, will the New York public is in general, and because uh, she's not a New Yorker, and she's how does she represent New York? And then of course she she promised she wasn't going to run for anything else, and. Immediately ran for president against Obama, thinking it was a shoe-in. Of course, she was so lazy because she was too overconfident. Yeah, and lost. I think they do have an overconfidence problem. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, so that may may screw things. Anyway, up. Anyway, so, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Well, we'll see if the New Yorkers are so dumb that they elect this this dick uh, exhibitionist. As there, but I think it'd be funny. Be, but, you know, you do yourself New York instead of the Big Apple, be the Big Dick. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and read this article, um, and then you know ask yourself. I've been trying to read it right now on the while you know, we're talking. How compromised? Unreadable. How compromised is the New York Times? I mean, so the two, the like three bastions we have left that are still held as like you know because the Tiffany Network that went away with Dan Rather. Then we have uh, the New York Times. Um, which is supposed to be, you know, the paper of record. And then we have uh, our national treasures, uh, PBS and NPR. NPR, by the way, who have been doing a fundraising drive. Because um, I, I, I listen uh, to as much media as possible. You're going to make millions from selling all that gear. Well, so I literally, I wish I could have recorded. I li- So we have uh, KUTFM in uh, in Austin, which is pretty, it's pretty funny when you say it in Dutch. KUTFM. Believe me, it's funny in Dutch. Yeah, I know what it means. Um, they, I heard the host literally say, "You know, we look forward to your uh, sponsorship, and if you want you, the name of your company read on air, only seven hundred and fifty dollars will do that." I, I think that bo- that's borderline illegal. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and well, first of all, I'm like <laughs> borderline illegal. Uh, first of all, I'm like we we charge fifty bucks. We're a good deal. What's this seven hundred and fifty bucks to get your to get your name mentioned? Crap, Alola. Well, that's only on the local station too, which probably has a that's, smaller audience it's than we do. Austin, <laughs> it's Austin. Can you believe that? I can just see. Whoa, honey, I think we shall do that. That'd be good for the hardware store. We don't have. Yeah. Uh, we do have a Philharmonic. We do have some kind of orchestra here. I think the Austin Philharmonic. <laughs> I think we have that. Or the ballet. There should be a symphony orchestra if there's yeah. a Philharmonic. A lot of people don't realize the Philharmonic is what you name the second band in town. I think it's. Uh, I think we have a symphony. Austin Symphony. I don't think it's doing too well. Uh, yeah, austinsymphony.org. There you go. We do have one. As I said, not doing well, though. No, those the bands are... Hard to maintain. I would, they were doing some special. I mean, generally speaking, in a good orchestra like that or a good symphony orchestra, almost everybody in the band is getting paid over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and it, sometimes it goes way up. And the and the conductor, a good conductor, gets two to five million dollars. What? Yeah, for waving a stick. <laughs> for waving. It's <laughs> apparently there's a little more to it than that. Oh, bullcrap! Here, watch. I can do that. There you go. Waving a stick. 
you kidding me? <laughs> waving a stick. <laughs> bucks for oh, yeah, waving no, they make the they waving make a money, stick. and that's why the sound is so good. If you don't, if you can't pay yeah. those kinds, that kind of money, yeah. especially for some, you know, these some of these, especially some of these really talented uh, musicians. You sound like crap. <laughs> it doesn't take much to sound Cause, like a high school band. Because your stick waver is no good. You need a better stick waving dude up front. That's what, <laughs> wow. Well, anyway, um, we do have uh, some supporters who uh, who came in uh, lower than your typical uh, national treasure uh, donation amounts, but uh, at least we do have some. Uh, we have an. Ex- we have two. What three ex- executive producers for this program? We got a bunch of people. This is good. Think. This is good news. This, this is, is what it should be like. You know. Let me let me just say one thing, John. Mickey felt so bad for you on Sunday. Why? Because uh, you know, I came out and she's like, "Oh, the birthday thing." She's like, "Oh my god!" I mean, oh, so, oh, okay. doesn't John really feel crappy about you know people not not giving him any donations for his birthday? And I'm like. Nah, fuck him. I don't give a shit if he feels <laughs> That's bad. That's exactly what you should say. <laughs> so let's thank a few people, and starting with uh, our buddy up in uh, Tigard, Tigard, or Tigard, Oregon, depending on your uh, persuasion. Sir Melanson. Oh. Monsieur Dwayne Melanson. Dwayne, yeah. Uh, in the morning, I hereby claim my territory as the Earl of Oregon. You're not a, wow. Is he an Earl now? Yeah, he, he's he's Plus, really, he's, always giving he's got stuff. like uh, eight knighthoods or something. Yeah, he he he's been a supporter of the show for years. Yeah, he's been a long years. Time. So he's probably yeah, Earl. Great, nice. And Earl of Oregon is, sounds like a winner. By the way, I want to mention the people out there that these these peerages and and declarations are they may seem a little silly, but when they all get uh, put into a book. Or posted somewhere or something. Someday in the future. Yeah, it won't be so. It won't be so silly when society collapses and you've got a piece of paper to show that you own. That something. That shows that you're the Earl of Oregon. Yeah, it's not going to be so funny then. <laughs> it's not going to be. So, you laugh now. <laughs> That's right. It's anyway, got- he commemorates this with a five hundred three dollar donation. As five hundred three is one of the Oregon oh. area codes. Oh, very nice. And he'll be a member of the 503 Club. Beautiful. In Oregon, you can't can't pump your own gas. This is true. When you go through Oregon, they pump your gas for you. Oh, is that against the law? It's against the law to pump your own gas. Really? And and it used to be, they'd always have, everywhere around the country, of course, when when I was a kid. Full service, yeah. So you drive up, they come running out, and they pump your gas and wash your windows and check your tire, and you'd open the hood. They check your oil and make sure you had enough oil in the car. Yep. Seriously, and then they give you free maps. <laughs> maps. Hey, 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 buddy, you got a map? I remember that. I remember my dad like, hey, you got a map? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Maps became now, a business. No map, no service, pump your own gas. <laughs> Shut up, slave. <laughs> Shut up and get out. <laughs> Boy, that's progress for you. He has two bumper stickers on his car saying, read the Constitution. Hmm. Nice. All right. Thank you, uh, sir. And you will have Oregon. You, Oregon is yours. Done. Josh, Josh Jackson in West Sacramento, California. Uh, three, 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 three. So Tuesday, I'm driving home from my divorce lawyer's office. Mm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> how you, that's how a good story and, always starts. Yes, this is a good story already. And I'm all, and I'm feeling pretty bummed. Yeah. So I'm driving home, I get to the segment of Sunday's show where you guys are discussing the general lack of donations and listener recognition of John's birthday. I got such a huge laugh hearing Adam wish John a happy birthday with that pathetic and hilarious party horn in the background. I've got 
It's a winner. I've gotten so many laughs from the No Agenda show, but this might have been the funniest moment in No Agenda history. It brightened my day, and I knew I had to donate. Happy belated birthday, John. Do you know that um, Josh, when we moved into uh, the Travis Heights hideout, he sent us a a number of four-leaf clover bulbs. Bulbs? Uh, yeah, apparently they're, they, well, yeah, they're bulbs. I didn't know that they grew in bulbs. And uh, and we've planted them, what? and yes, four-leaf clover bulbs. Are they big bulbs? They're Yeah, they're kind of, ob- well, not huge, but they're a little oblong. All right. I mean, uh, do you have any experience with four-leaf clover bulbs? I never. I thought four-leaf clovers were just a, 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 a mistake. For <laughs> Apparently, um, uh, leprechauns uh, sell these on the Internet, and uh, and he sent us a box in dirt, and we planted them. And yes. and they're sprouting, so uh, we have little sprouts, and soon, hopefully, we'll see if we have actual four-leaf clovers. Ah, yeah, that was so nice of him to do, because he lives in California. Put a plastic, a little piece of plastic, glue them in there, and then uh, <laughs> send to your friends a four-leaf clover in a plastic gob. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, hey, we can sell them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sir Barry Hanna in uh, Akatox, Alberta, where all the money is, three three three. No comment. Nicholas Caldwell in San Diego, California, will be an associate executive producer, $250. Great work. Best content out there. Interested to hear your deconstruction of NBC and Fox threatening to go off broadcast after the aerial court decision, 73. What? What is this? I don't know anything about well, you know, this. I will talk about Aereo after we're done. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a funny idea. I <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah, at least they got was legalized. Alan Bowes in Langley, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, John. Happy not your birthday, Adam. <laughs> One more payment towards the baronet of Langley. No, no, no. You can't. You, 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 a baronet does not get a protectorate. Yes, that's the that's the it's the rules of the peerage. So what is what good is a baronet if you? I mean, you just it's so just a better title than you know knight. You get more chicks with that. I, we th- we're thinking of giving townships to baronets, so he probably could get Langley. Mm. But then there could be a baron of British Columbia, mm. which would lord it over him. Okay. Kathleen, but we have to, you know, this is getting complicated, but it's, it'll, it'll be no, it's worth it. it. It's worth it. When the apocalypse comes, it'll be worth it. Yeah, no, people will say, okay, you're the boss there of Langley, and then uh, I'll take over. <laughs> right. I, get the- I got it. I got it. I got the- I'll take care of the town. I got it. I got it. I got you covered. Kathleen Bowman or Bowman in Quartz Hill, California. I don't even know that exists. Two, 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 two. Uh, so sorry I missed donating for John's birthday. He probably wouldn't ha- wouldn't have appreciated the hundred and twelve dollars I was going to donate as an age guest. <laughs> Did you see your wiki page? By the way, at uh, one so- point you were two hundred and thirty six years old. <laughs> <laughs> this is that, that that worked out well. It's cute. Uh, I was going to donate as an age guest to uh, 112. You guys are better than most things. <laughs> Not including chocolate. <laughs> We're better than what? Not including chocolate ice cream. Disclaimer. You are, uh, You are. Um, uh, let's see, your age is, uh, oh yeah, they say you're 61 today. Trevor Chapman. Brampton, <laughs> you're, only, you're only four foot one. <laughs> Will my... Protectors of the wiki page, please take notice. <laughs> Four foot one. <laughs> ah, 
Ministry of Truth. Oh, was that it? Are we done? No. no, no, I'm finishing. I just had a sip while you were go, go, laughing at me. <laughs> Trevor Chapman in Brampton, Ontario, 202. Happy belated birthday, John. This donation is the total of 13 squared plus 33. Mm. <laughs> nice. Cool. Keep up the most excellent podcast and keep hitting yeah. him in the mouth, Trevor Chapman. <laughs> Great White North. And that'll close out our uh, executive and social executive producer segment for show 503, and we want to remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com. There's a donate button, or go to the real source of, uh, of, of truth, dvorak.org slash NA, and you'll find the listener support page, which has all kinds of things you can do there. And, of course, we also like to thank our artists who uh, are uh, – it really makes a difference when we have great art. Um, support seems to go up. Uh, this is something yeah, that we've been you, tracking well, over time. the opinion that the art makes the show, so the yeah. – yeah, we, we could just well, sit here and just blabber for hours, which I guess we do, as long as the art to. is good. Well, let me let me say. Let me say I want to thank Nick the Rat for uh, the previous uh, episode five hundred two for the artwork that was fantastic. Really appreciate that. And I, um, what? I want to thank Thorin for the artwork that I put in the newsletter. Ah, yes. And what's interesting is that bag thirty three art really looks good as a logo on a letterhead. So Mickey said to me, she said, because she gets the newsletter and she reads it, she said, I love the artwork for the bags. When, when do we get the bags? I'm like, this is never going to happen. No, no, it's happening. It's not going to happen. You, oh, yeah, please. The Eric's on it. So oh, it's okay. You'll usually be. And I do want to thank um, our Pista Illuminati, Illuminati uh, producer, who always sends me emails through Hushmail. Um, he registered a domain for us, which I think is, uh, you know, we don't really encourage that anymore. We still have a good 700 domain names forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, he registered guardiansofreality.com, which oh. I think is, a, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, that might one. be usable. Yeah, he's got a little landing page there for us. And so uh, that is, uh, that is highly appreciated, Illuminati. And uh, as John just mentioned, please continue. Your support of the best podcast in the universe. We have plenty of proof that there's reasons for you to do that because you just can't get this kind of deconstruction anywhere else. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And of course, besides your monthly contributions, you can always go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shutting ye up and slave. Shutting ye up and. Um, okay. Little uh, Red Book action for you. Little theory stuff going on. Little Red Book. You want me to bring the Red Book into and start writing in it? Yeah, get, get it get it ready. Get it ready. This is about. I've got it ready. Yeah. I've got a pen in hand. Okay, this is about the North Korea hype. Uh, first of all, what is the BBC thinking with this terminology? On the news now, South Korea has raised its alert level ahead of an expected North Korean missile launch. Intelligence services in Seoul say that the North has prepared two mid-range missiles for imminent... Mid-range. I, I, love, I love newscasters mid -range, who... Mid-range. Mid she is actually working as a talking head yes. on the BBC. BBC, mid-range. 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 Two mid-range missiles mid for imminent launch. Despite imminent mid-range. Imminent mid-range. Mid-range missiles for imminent launch, despite warnings from China to avoid provocative moves. Well, North Korea says that foreigners in the south should leave for their own safety, as it warns that the region inches towards thermonuclear war. 
I mean, really? Thermonuclear what? war? Well, first of all, <laughs> there's a real one simple flaw here, of course, is thermonuclear is an H-bomb. This guy hasn't built a bomb that can even reach the the the, uh, the A-bomb potential of the Hiroshima bomb. So there's no chance unless we threw an H-bomb back at him, which we wouldn't do, and they're not going to drop a bomb anyway. So this is like very irresponsible. It's not just irresponsible. It is wrong. It is just wrong. And then you take into account that the woman can't even pronounce her R's. As it warns that the region inches towards thermonuclear war. Let's go Thermonuclear war. Okay, so there's a little meme that cropped up that I didn't catch it at first, but then after I started hearing it come back and back, and I'll play two clips where this meme crops up, I think I know what's going to happen. First, we have alarming new video coming out of North Korea to show you. Take a look at this. Take a look. You see missiles being fired on North Korea's coast. The secretive regime released this video yesterday. Now, we don't know if these missiles are real. They may have even been photoshopped. (laughs) But a U.S. official says two medium-range missiles have been loaded onto launchers on North Korea's east coast. Okay, so officials, officials say two, not one, but two. Talk North Korea. The situation with North Korea getting even more tense in just the past hour. There is a new intelligence out there that North Korea could be planning multiple missile launches at any moment. Any That's moment. on top of expectations. Pyongyang plans to test fire two mobile missiles from two. its east coast. Okay, two. So there's, they're pushing this two thing. And, um, of course, you know, there's no message from the KNAC, the Pyongyang news agency that says, hello, here's two missiles. That's not, that's, that's not true. I mean, you can go look. They have an English version. It's not, I also didn't see any video shooting stuff at the coast. But, okay, it doesn't matter. I check this stuff because I don't just Was take it for granted. Was there any video of uh, uh, Un uh, with his binoculars? That's <laughs> yeah, that, my favorite. Yeah, where he goes like, huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? What? Huh? It's always looking through binoculars. That so guy. here's what I think is going to happen. At the same time, of course, we have uh, Japan preparing for uh, incoming uh, missiles. Here's what I think we're going to see. We're going to see a launch. Now, we've already established there will be two missiles. We will see a launch, and one will either be shot out of the air by a Patriot, or will just explode, or will just disintegrate, because... I, I will assert that uh, Kim Jong-un is on our side and he's just doing whatever we tell him to do. But I think we will find the second warhead in Japan. Let's say Okinawa as an example. that un- un- Undetonated, we will put this in the book. We will find the second warhead and we'll be like, wow, man, we're really lucky. We, 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 we dodged the bullet, but we will find it. It will be nuclear. And this will be the impetus or the the accelerant for some type of action. There's no other reason to be hyping two missiles. Yeah, it's an interesting theory. Because, of course, they're uh, only going to shoot one. But then we'll say, oh, but he shot the second one and it it was a dud and it landed. A dud. (laughs) What's this thing? Washed up on the beach. Hey, Betty, what's this thing washing up on the beach? Hey, boy. I don't know. Call, call, the, uh, call the MPs. Maybe they know what it is. <laughs> it's a dud. Telling you it's a dud. And holy, holy crap. I mean, this, I've just been doing so much work. I hope, hope people appreciate this. We were listening to the vice president 
Uh, that is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, because I had to go back and listen to it again. Uh, the vice president, uh, waxing poetic. Remember his New World Order thing? His whole, uh, what we need is a uh, prevent, uh, pre, oh, well, I have the clip here uh, about new the New World Order. And then he mentioned something in here that we went like, what is that about? The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Yahoo! Because the global order is changing again. And the institutions and the rules that worked so well in the post-World War II era for decades, uh, they need to be strengthened. Now pay attention. Some have to be changed. Pay attention. So we have to do what we do best. We have to lead. We have to lead. We have to update the global rules of the road. We have to, we have to do it in a way that maximizes benefits for everyone. Because obviously it's overwhelmingly in our interest. This is not a zero-sum game. It's overwhelmingly in our interest that China prosper, that Mongolia prosper. There it is. That nations big and large. So he went China prosper and Mongolia prosper. And then we've spotted this Mongolia thing when you played that the last time. Right. That's something's up. Well, that's why I'm playing it again, John, because. Yeah, of course I did. Why? Why would I torture you with O'Biden talking about the new world order if I didn't have something? Mongolia is the world's fifth fastest growing economy. And we now have the ninja miners in Mongolia who are are, uh, finding gold everywhere, apparently. What? Yeah. Yep. Ninja miners who are called that because they look like uh, when they take their their panning, uh, uh, their gold pans up to the... To the to the rivers to to pan, they look like uh, turtles. Apparently, so there's a gold rush. Is what there's you're a gold me. rush in Mongolia. Huh? Yeah, they got like huge nuggets popping out. There are sixty thousand ninja Wait, miners. Let me get this straight. So we have an area here, China, Mongolia. This old this Mongolia region. is kind of like it kind of plopped in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, that's been populated with uh, human uh, settlements for what? Hundred thousand years, yeah, God knows. Yeah, and now they're finding gold. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I'm just reading what the Washington Post says. Something sketchy about. So here this. we got. We got the well. Also, uh, so if you read their top five reasons why uh, Mongolia is interesting, and this comes out when Biden says it, and this guy, we know Biden can't keep his trap shut. This we know. This he's always giving it away. He's like the tell. He is the tell. So number one, as they say, the ninjas, uh, who, uh, let's see, uh, they are actually dragging down the real mining economy because there's so many of them. Number two, they're becoming too dependent on China, which could be interesting. You know, that we may want to break them off uh, from uh, Chinese rule. Uh, but this is really about the uh, the the mines. And I'm sh- I guess, you know... Um, Maybe we have mining interests in Mongolia? If we have mining interests, it would be in rare earths. Hmm. Now, I would think that if you run into a mineral-rich area, and gold is is something of an indicator, at least some minerals are there, uh, and we know that China, the the whole of that region, has lots of rare earth elements, which is what you need for modern technology. Yeah, for your iPhone. Uh, 
And we do, and we also know, in fact, they're going to bring. I guess they're going to bring that an asteroid into orbit. You know about this? And well, like I told you, right? Everyone laughed at my tractor beam theory. Well, they're going to use a rope, I believe. <laughs> anyway, a, a chain of bitcoins. They're going to bring an asteroid, <laughs> and this is that this NASA doing this is not like a you know it's not this is not done by the Google boys. I'm sure they're. Oh no, no, they, they like, put out a contract for it. NASA is has put out an award oh, so, contract. Okay, so it's a contract oh, yeah. deal. Okay, so then it means that SpaceX or any of these guys are the, guy, the guys who already tried to bring in the Russian meteor and failed, and it blew up. So they're going to bring in. This is a small one. This is only one mile. <laughs> you don't. Okay. Uh huh. And they believe that if it if they screw up, which I. I mean, I know they can do the math to make these things actually work, but there's always some gotcha that they didn't take into account. But it would, if, if, but let's just say it screws up and the asteroid is then flung toward the Earth. You want it to go into Mongolia, basically. <laughs> well, that might be an interesting theory. I didn't even think of that. Well, we don't want but it yeah, here. Yeah, go into Mongolia, blow up the place, and then they have all these miners just scour all. Well, of course, the only thing is apparently what they, the calculation on this asteroid what will be left if it hits the Earth's atmosphere, which you don't want, yeah. because it'll be a great display, and you get a bowling ball. That's all sized. that's left? Really? Yes, a bowling ball-sized mm. item. Mm. Yeah, that's how big an asteroid has to be. May, you have to imagine things that have to be really huge to do any serious damage. But the bowling ball itself will be like 10 A-bombs, you know, just boom! Right. Because it'll be coming in at some ridiculous speed. Again, Mongolia, good place for that to happen. That'd be interesting. Well, that would definitely, because uh, right now you can't go in there with, you know, you can't be an American company with a bunch of dynamite and go bl start blowing up Mongolia to get the, the rare the, the earth, rare earth minerals, after. Right. Anyway, right. okay, well, a lot of interesting stuff going well, on. So, but I guess the point is something happening with Mongolia. Uh, O'Biden mentions it next, so it's China, Mongolia, and then other countries big and large, remember that? Other countries big and large. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, but for him to say to mention Mongolia, there's something going on. It yeah, looks, no, you're right. Looks you know, like, and, and over the years, he's always been a tell. He is such a oh, and with he's this, like, he just says all these casual things. And if you just look every one of them up, it's something that's he just got out of a meeting where they were talking about <laughs> Mongolia. Probably yeah. the same. Thing he just about. <laughs> right. Oh, what was that? Mongolia? Yeah, China, Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. riddled. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he is the one that tipped me off to the uh, this war on crazy that's going on. I guess uh, I guess we're going to get uh, some legislation, uh, an amendment passed today uh, in the United States of Gitmo Nation, which uh, will have very little to do. And this is kind of what's uh, what's fascinating is that uh, the uh, the news media that, uh, it, that pretends that have the press cards and everything and the jackets with the big CNN logo on it. Uh, so they're all running around saying, well, this is a failure. You know, this uh Obama's getting nothing. He's getting uh, no ban on assault weapons. He's getting no uh, uh, no uh, uh, no no ban on uh, magazine clips. Magazine clips. They can't just say it properly. It's all magazine clips. Uh, all all this is about is uh, some kind of universal background check. And I, of course, have uh, looked into exactly what this legislation is. It's based, I think, on Senate Bill three seven four. Uh, known as, uh, and we don't actually have um, the full text yet, uh, but it's also it's known as the uh, uh, Fix Gun Checks Act of 2013. Uh, but perhaps we should uh, uh, just have a little spin around the dial um, here in uh, in uh, in Gitmo Nation, United States. 
to hear the barrage of crap that has just been lauded over us for the past 72 hours. It's just, it's been super, super annoying. Um, and of course, this really isn't about guns at all. But let's just uh, listen to some of the lies. Here's a Christiana Anampur, uh, who I used to regard quite highly. Um, really? Yeah, no, I thought she was in the, in the, in the Desert Storm, the original Gulf War. You know, she had a thing going on, and she felt yeah, kind of real. Yeah, but then she you know, she sold out, and then she went to ABC and failed there, and now she's back. And and listen to this lie. Well, look, I mean, this debate has been going on for a long time. The fact of the matter is that in states, Back inside the, the United States... Okay, right, you talked over it, so I'll play it again. I knew you were going to do that. Here we go. Well, look, I mean, this debate has been going on for a long time. The fact of the matter is that in states, inside the United States, where there are tougher gun laws, there is lower gun crime. Back! Really? <laughs> Have you looked at Chicago? <laughs> fact. Fact, she says. Fact of the matter. In states with tougher gun laws, there is lower gun crime. That is that is a blatant lie. Yes. That's a lie. For a long time, the fact of the matter is that in oh. states inside the United States where there are tougher gun laws, there is lower gun crime. <laughs> and we know that Thursday is going to be the real showdown day in yep. the U.S. Capitol to see how the Congress reacts. Newtown families are there. They've been talking about it. And they're very committed to sensible gun control. Ah, okay. Here we go. Common sense. Sensible. Fact. Facts. Common sense. Sensible. Okay. Let's uh, listen to uh, some common sense things. This is uh, Senator Manchin, Manchin, I think, uh, who uh, yesterday, I believe, announced that, oh, looks like we got some kind of deal, and he really took it to an extreme. And with the Senate and House, hopefully passing these common sense measures and the president's... I love that he says measures, by the way. That, that kind of made me feel good. I'm like, oh, maybe he's a no-agenda guy after all, but no. Measures and the president signing it into law. Back home where I come from, we have common sense, we have nonsense, and now we have gun sense. Oh, thank you very no. much. <laughs> we have common sense, we got nonsense, and we got gun sense. All right, now let's listen to some of the nonsense. Uh, you know, when Joe Biden, uh, he's, uh, he was up there talking about the facts, and of course he had to really telegraph that this is uh, one big uh, magic number scam. In the past 113 days since Sandy Hook, 3,300 people have died at the end of a gun, <laughs> and you've witnessed it. It's amazing, that number. It just pops up. Just How do we get the 33 worked in there? Just, I don't just, know how they got 33 worked in there. Joe, That's unbelievable. Say, but, you know, make, let's make Joe, say, make sure you say it twice so they know that, it's, that you're telegraphing the magic number to me. You've witnessed the aftermath of it. I have the cream of the crop of the nation's law enforcement in this room today. You could cite for me what's happened in your jurisdictions in the last 113 days. 3,300. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. So I want to make sure I heard it. 3,300. Then we had uh, our favorite person from uh, Texas. Sorry? I'm just still, every time we hear this 33, we've been talking about this for five years. And we still don't know what the code actually means. It's a specific 
meaning unless it's just a casual reference that this is bull, bull crap. crap. Yeah, it's bull crap. The other way. So here's Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh. Uh, I thought she was done. It wasn't she out? I thought her term was ended or over or she was quitting or Congresswoman that keeps getting uh, reelected by the idiots in her area. Oh, uh, which is Dallas. I'm sure. Yeah, hello. Houston. That, hello, not Austin. Well, uh, God. So I believe we are no longer at the point when we can have sermons or we can mourn and yet not do something. Let me thank. I think applaud is not the appropriate terminology. (laughs) You got to listen to this woman. Let me thank. It's like there's a way that this woman talks where she. I think that I have to use the common language of the sensibilities to uh, under justifiably make sure that I sound like I am talking to the electorate of the officiating parties who like to. No, she sounds like a like a parody of a parody of a of a black person from the 1800s. Yes, she is an embarrassment. Listen, those parents who flew on Air Force One. From Newtown, Connecticut, you can imagine that they are hurting. Tears came to my eyes as I saw them deplane, come down off of those uh, out of Air Force One, knowing that they are still hurting. I heard a quote that said, for some of us, it's months. For those parents, it's one day at a time. To imagine little ones, five and six years old, whose bodies were riddled. Riddled! And they are here on the... Uh, hallways of Congress. They're on the hallways. To be able to ask us, <laughs> can we do the right thing that is for the American people? Uh. And I want to answer today All right. a question that I raised. I want to answer a question that I raised. <laughs> she wants to answer a question she raised. Uh-huh. Can we stop the filibuster? Can we resolve <laughs> the fact filibuster? that... Sir- that was everyone was talking about, the filibuster. Blah. Defensible gun legislation. Defensible... The, the, uh, wait a minute. Defensible gun legislation. Resolve the fact that sensible gun legislation does not violate the Second Amendment. And in fact, we protect the Second Amendment. No one has challenged the Second Amendment. No one has challenged uh, concealed uh, permits for concealed weapons that are in many states. But we have said that the tragedy that occurred in Arizona, where someone was using an automatic weapon and had multiple rounds. An automatic weapon, John. Oh, this is new. I didn't know you could have an automatic weapon. They don't sell them. He, it was an automatic weapon. I heard her say it. was say an it. automatic weapon. Automatic weapon. Automatic so she's weapon. She's from Dallas. She doesn't even know what an automatic weapon no. is. Automa- well, apparently. So the, the guy had a machine gun is what she's saying. Apparently the like president. a Tommy gun of some sort. Apparently the president uh, is using the same talking points. Écoutez, mon frère. Last night at a no cameras allowed Democratic fundraiser in San Francisco, President Obama misstated the kind of weapon used in the Sandy Hook shooting. Advocating for stricter gun control, the president said, quote, it is possible for us to create common sense gun safety measures that respect the traditions of gun ownership in this country and hunters and sportsmen, but also make sure that we don't have another 20 children in a classroom gunned down by a semi-automatic weapon, by a fully automatic weapon in that case, sadly. <laughs> so he actually corrected himself and said fully automatic. Wait he a said- minute. So he corrected himself wrong. Yeah. And said fully so he said, automatic. So he said, actually said the right thing, uh-huh. although it wasn't true because we know now that the guy right. only used the pistols. Right. I mean, it, which, by the way, seems to get swept well, up. Well, well, you know, so there's, a, there's 
uh, we're, without really getting into it, there's a discrepancy here that really is bothering me. Uh, listen to this. Today, Connecticut's governor signed a tough new gun control law. Parents who lost children at Sandy Hook Elementary School stood behind Dan Malloy as he signed the bipartisan bill passed late last night. It expands an assault weapons ban, requires background checks for all gun purchases, and limits ammunition magazines to 10 rounds. The Sandy Hook killer murdered 20 first graders and six educators, firing 154 rounds in four minutes using 30-round magazines. Okay, so first of all, we know that uh, according to the evidence, fact uh, that he did not empty the magazines because that was part of his gaming uh, training, that he uh, would just reload whenever, I guess, he had riddled some of the children. So um, he did not, in order to empty 154 rounds in four minutes, if you, let's just presume that he did have a uh, semi-automatic rifle, which he didn't. He had uh, handguns. But, okay, let's just go back and listen to the lie. That would mean uh, he would have to have reloaded at least four times uh, to reach 154, but probably five or six times a new yeah, new magazine clips. For no good reason. <clears throat> yeah, so that would have been six times. But in four minutes? He didn't like the dry fire, apparently. So, but, you know, where is this statistic coming from? This 154 rounds in four minutes. This is coming from lies. I never heard it. Yeah, no, this has been bandied about quite a bit now. Even the president said. The four minutes. The under five minutes. Does somebody have a stopwatch said. on this thing? What Apparently. Yeah, no, they've got all of this information. All of this. The only thing we don't have is any, like, pictures or evidence or. Anything okay. Like well, that. I've got a couple gun-related things I want to discuss. Okay, because I do want to get to the to the crazy part, but you want to do the gun. Yeah, well, let's do this first because I just want to throw this in so so everyone has this before we continue. Okay, so we have it out of the way. Yeah. So I'm watching the nation's um, treasure, the uh, the news hour. <laughs> it's just nation's treasure. Yes, Glenn uh, Eiffel. So they have a thing on <clears throat> guns and violence. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Glenn Eiffel. Gwen. Glenn, yeah, Glenn Eiffel, <laughs> Obama's buddy. Shouldn't even be on the Golfing. show because of the book is, she wrote. Is she on? Was she hosting Glenn, Glenn Eiffel? <laughs> I think it was Glenn Eiffel that did this interview with, with Paul Barrett. They figured they're going to get this guy out, out there. He's a New York Times bestseller, Glock, The Rise of America's Gun, uh, which is his book. And mm. so they, I don't think they expected him to come out of the blue by giving us some very interesting statistics. Well, I, I think there, as with many uh, social issues, there's a, a downside and an upside. And, and obviously, we've got uh, far too much gun violence uh, in the inner city as we have far too much gun violence in other uh, segments of society. But it's also important to put on the table and to think about as we uh, analyze how to move forward the fact that in the aggregate, actually, gun violence is going down sharply and has mm -hmm. been going down since the early 1990s. Um, violent crime overall in this country is at about half the rate that it was in 1980. And uh, big cities, <laughs> though, they still do have pockets of terrible violence and social dysfunction, overall are actually safer today than they were 20 years ago. And is it known why that's happening? <laughs> well, it, it's uh, there's a great deal of debate over that. Okay, it stop, is almost stop. certain. Now, you have to listen to the. There's a great deal of debate over that, and they leave out one kind of an interesting stat, which I'll reveal after they're done with their little 
you know, oh God, what, what are we going to? Well, how can we explain this? How do uh, we explain this? There's got to be some way of explaining it. Of explaining why uh, it's uh, why uh, why it's gone down? You mean or yeah, well, it's gone uh, down to uh, an extreme. Uh, do I get to guess? Well, I'll, I'll listen first. I'll listen first. There's a great deal of debate over that. It is almost certainly not any one factor. Uh, determining why crime levels shift is a very, very difficult challenge for social scientists. But, but the ingredients um, probably include probably. a higher rate of incarceration, which uh, has been very pronounced uh, over the last couple of decades, shifts in uh, police uh, practices targeting certain neighborhoods where there's a lot of violence as opposed to just kind of randomly patrolling the streets uh, and also improvements in certain cities in social programs and in improving uh, public housing in some cities there's been very very concentrated public housing that's been dispersed to some degree uh, and I'm sure the circumstances vary a great deal from city Science. to city so of course, uh, you know, being the nation's treasure, they won't. There's one interesting stat, and you, you I don't gonna have you guess because you just guess. You know what it is. Let's just read off a couple stats here. In 1970, there were 150 million guns floating around the United States. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, all right. It climbed progressively. 2013, 300 million guns, more than any time in our history. We're armed more. And the and the gun violence has gone down. What, how, how is that possible? Tell us a little bit about what goes on in Texas. Well, you know, I I tell people this all the time. Is you know we have no carjackings. We have no uh, little to no gun violence anywhere. I'm just talking about Austin, which I really know, uh, but you can just look up the headlines. And there's no one breaking into homes. Because, you know, you can, and, and we're polite to each other in traffic. But please, after you. No, sir, please, after you. I don't know what you're packing. Go ahead. Exactly. And Texas, when, once they legalized carry, it was like it just the crimes went right through the floor. Yeah. And, and the gun numbers <clears throat> from 150 to doubled in the, since 1970 when there was really a lot of violence, uh, doubled and the, and the crime rate went down. They did not bring this up. This guy would know no, this because no. he just wrote a book about Glock. But no, it's probably because they're arresting more people, and the, the police procedures seem to be improved, and, <laughs> and they are also uh, patrolling areas where there was gun violence instead of randomly patrolling. And I don't know; it's hard to say. So, um, so we have to put up with this. Well, crap there's, there's a couple things. A couple things going on. So, first of all, it seems like everything that's being done here is going to speed up gun purchasing. <clears throat> which is just basically good. I mean, I you know, it's like, yeah, we'll do a background check in two minutes. Great. Great. Make that shit faster, boy. However, uh, this, of course, is really the war on crazy. And I'd like to, and I was uh, surprised when I uh, did some of the research uh, about, uh, uh, about gun legislation. Now, we have, um, and these amendments... Uh, or it, you know the 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 amendment, uh, I think it's S three seventy four. Whatever is going to get uh, passed, probably uh, the Fixed Gun Checks Act of two thousand thirteen. Uh, it refers to U S Code Title eighteen Section twenty two. This is the uh, the main legislation which was put in place uh, uh, as a part of the Brady Bill. So this goes back how many years, John? 20 years? 25 years? Well, the Brady uh, bill, I believe, was introduced in 83. 
that's 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Eight, eight, no, that's, nine, fuck, that's 30, 30 years. 30 years. 30, 30 years ago. Uh, US, so I just let me read this to you, and then you'll understand maybe a little bit better about what's going on. And this is just a very long process uh, that has been going on for a while, and they've finally gotten there. This is not about taking your guns away. This is about locking you up because you're crazy for anything. So U.S. Code uh, Title 18, uh, Section 922, which will be unlawful for any person to sell or otherwise dispose of any firearm or ammunition to any person, knowing or having reasonable cause to believe that such person is, one, under indictment for or been convicted in any court of crime punishable by imprisonment, uh, is a fugitive from justice, uh, is an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance... It's very important. And here's the big one. This is the one that Biden, I didn't record him saying it, but he kept saying this over and over again. I should have clipped it, but I just, I couldn't stand looking at him anymore. Uh, number four, has been adjudicated as a mental defective. Okay. Why were we in Nazi Germany? So this is 30 years old. Adjudicated as mental defective. So I go and I'm like, what does mental defective really mean? Um, and uh, it has been specified, federal law, uh, according to the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act. Uh, anyone? I guess, I guess the Brady Bill was discussed. It was actually passed in, in a form in 1993 of it, during the Clinton administration. Oh, 93. Oh, okay. Well, that's when the bill was actually passed, the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act. But I think there was attempts to pass a, the so-called Brady Law, the Brady Bill, previous to that and i can't find a reference to the exact date just to so people don't think that we don't try to get things correct so it did become law in 1993 as i'm reading it here yeah uh, and the definition of mental defective which mean and you will have to have been adjudicated as a mental defected defective <laughs> mental defective man the definition of a mental defective in this case includes anyone whom a court board commission or other lawful authority has, ah, de kangaroo courts. has determined to be a, quote, danger to himself or other because of marked subnormal intelligence or mental illness, incompetency, condition, or disease. So this, I would say, is rather broad. Now, of course, what we're doing here, if you go in and, and you look at this act, this is not anything... This has nothing to do with, uh, you know, with real gun legislation. This has to do with grants to the states, because this is a state issue. A state determines what their gun legislation is. Now, in order to get a federal, and of course, this is what the president has been working on, in order to um, uh, get a, a, a make it look like a federal mandate. All of the states have to get on board. Interestingly enough, if you look at most of the uh, laws for the states, uh, you'd be surprised uh, what uh, what the actual uh, definition of mental defective is. I'm going to pull up Texas just to show you that I'm uh, completely unbiased in this. And here are... The uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Here are the twelve different things. If you are um, determined to um, suffer from at least uh, one of them, then uh, and I'll go into an important one in a minute. At least one of them, then you are forbidden from having a gun. This is Texas. This is already law. 
So what what is happening in the United States Senate now is they are bribing the states attorney generals, but they do with money to implement this into their background check systems. The NICS, I think, is what it's called, uh, and it, and we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, which no one is going to let pass up. So Texas, uh, possession of a firearm by the mentally ill, uh, uh, as determined, involuntary psychiatric hospitalization makes kind of that's common sense. Psychiatric hospitalization, inpatient or residential substance abuse treatment in the preceding five-year period, diagnosis in the preceding five-year period by a licensed physician that the person is dependent on alcohol, a controlled substance or similar substance, that's very much like the Brady Bill, or diagnosis at any time, at any time by a licensed physician that the person suffers or has suffered from a psychiatric disorder or condition consisting of or relating to schizophrenia or delusional disorder, bipolar disorder, it's half our audience, chronic <laughs> dementia, where they're caused by illness, brain defect, or brain injury, disassociative identity disorder, woo, intermittent explosive disorder, or... Antisocial personality disorder. Let's take a look at antisocial personality disorder. Uh, since I live in the state of Texas and I am a gun owner, I think I'm probably in violation. The World Health Organization has, oh, has determined you have antisocial personality disorder if you have at least one of the following conditions. Callous unconcern for the feelings of others. Oops. <laughs> Gross and persistent attitude of irresponsibility and disregard for social norms, rules, and obligations. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Inc incapacity to maintain enduring relationships, though having no difficulty in establishing them. Hmm. Very low tolerance to frustration and a low threshold for discharge of aggression, including violence. Incapacity to experience guilt or to profit from experience, particularly punishment. Markedly prone to blame others or to offer plausible rationalization for the behavior that has brought the person into conflict with society. So, I think I got at least three of those. Yeah. At least three. So, it's, so by this, uh, I should not be allowed to have a handgun. Uh, Hawaii has uh, their own. St I'm just I just pulled a couple. That is, uh, uh, you are mentally defective if the person is, is or has been diagnosed having a significant behavioral, emotional, or mental disorder, as defined by the most current diagnostic manual of the American Psychiatric Association. That would be the DSM, ladies and gentlemen. And there we have it. Congratulations. Uh, you are going to be what? What? It's a good job. You wrapped it all around into a bundle. Yep. And then you presented it one piece at a time without getting boring. There was nothing boring in there. Thank you, you. Biden. Thank you. Yeah. And then you wrapped it around, <laughs> and you then you came off the track with you took the spur and you went over to this mental thing, and then you found the some documentation. Then you spun it back onto the main line, and bingo, there's that stupid book again. <laughs> the best podcast in the universe. I do want to mention that there is one little sidetrack, one little um, footnote, footnote here. Uh, there is a, uh, a new uh, concept that I believe uh, will help me 
Uh, and I think I can actually get some government money for uh, this new concept known as neurodiversity. Have you heard of this? No, but I will. Neurodiversity is a concept suggesting that neurological differences be respected and recognized as a social category on par with gender, ethnicity, class, or disability. And what qualifies, you ask? Well, individuals with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, autism spectrum disorder, dyscalculia, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyslexia, and half the population's dyslexic, and Tourette syndrome. Oh, your guy, oh we need to get that government grant. I, I am getting, I'm getting me some government money for my neurodiversity. Wow. Which means we need a new jingle. Neurodiversity. Neurodiversity. Yeah, neurodiversity. Neurodiversity. So, you know, I can get affirmative action because of my Tourette syndrome. I should I should be first. In fact, I, I can get, I think I should get um, a parking pass, an invalid parking pass because I have Tourette syndrome. It's a disability parking pass, not an invalid. An invalid shouldn't be driving. <laughs> invalid. I'm sorry. <laughs> invalid. What a disability. They don't call it a disability parking permit. They do here. They call it a cripple pass here in Texas. That's, that's, just, that's bad. Cripple pass. Hey, but how cool is that? Go for it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know any dyslexic is now disabled. What is a dis- What you're saying is every dyslexic, which is half the population from what I can tell, uh, from Jay Leno down to uh, Mimi, uh, <laughs> and Miss Mickey, Miss Mickey's dyslexic. There you go. You guys have per- per- parking permits. All no wonder. So I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. At NAB. Wait a minute. I, Wait a minute. You, what was this? A hooker and blow trip? I don't know about. You know about it. It's a no agenda broadcasting oh exhibition in uh, Las Vegas. I'm surprised you didn't come. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I go down to uh, the parking area where they have because wait, wait 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 back it up back it up back it up. You flew out of what airport? Oakland. And uh, did you did choose any of our no agenda travel tips uh, at the uh, Gestapo checkpoint? You know, I'm wondering whether even discussing this is legal. Uh, because it's possible they may, there probably be something about lying to an official. But, I, but I'm going to give you a hypothetical. And this is not necessarily something I did. But let me just say that if you go to the line, and there's always a guy standing there between the, the scanning machine and the magnetometer. There's a guy there, and you tap him. Right. And so you will find that if you, if you just make a motion to your shoulder with, like, your left hand, and you, just, you touch your shoulder with it, the guy immediately says, can't lift your arms. Oh, really? <laughs> he already knew the this hypothetical situation. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Hypothetically, I you could have said. I, 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 w- I, w- I would have said something like, um, no, just this one. I had a dislocated shoulder. This is what you might hypothetically Ooh, say. Ooh, I like that as a hypothetical idea. A dislocated, dis, dislocated. It's, it's, it's got some, it's got some. Uh, I, I have neurodiversity. So, so, uh. It's just like, oh, yeah, no problem. Boom. Good luck. You know, and he just immediately goes flying through. On the Las Vegas side, hypothetically, uh, same 
substantial thing. And the guy, the, the, only this guy, same thing. They just jump to conclusions. And then he's really sympathetic. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. It's, it's okay, buddy. Go, you, you get, get on through there. And uh, so what? Hypothetically, you were maybe you could have been sent through the magnetometer instead. No, no, I was sent through the magnetometer. I mean, I was hypothetically sent through the magnetometer. Yes. And uh, but it was like with a lot of with a with a kind of a oomph, you know. It's like get in there, you know, fight it off, and, uh, <laughs> shake it off, get back into the game, walk it off. And <laughs> so that t- trick. Which is, you know, obviously used by and, just a yeah. Well, only by show, yeah, people. On, yeah. This would be they would have required doctors' notes or some God knows what they're going to do when they finally get a clue. But it really speeds things up because you get in that round thing that you, when you get in that. By the way, if you get in that round thing, well, anyway, I can go on. But you, if you get on that round thing, that's about it takes about ten or fifteen seconds out of your day, and you can <laughs> zoom through the magnetometer. <laughs> Anyway, hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically. Okay, so, um, uh, okay, so I'm ba- back in Vegas. Right. So I'm driving around, and I I have to have meeting. It's with somebody, uh, one of the <clears throat> micro companies or something, and I have to get. I had to go to a lunch, and I had to come back. And so I, I'm driving past the front, and there's like a thousand. I swear to God, there must. Well, I actually took a picture of. There's probably fifty plus open parking spots. Uh, and, and where so I, and where is this? This is in front of the Las Vegas Convention that Center. That never happens. No, you've never been to a, a, a moderate show. Oh, yeah. No, no I only go to hit shows. This show is big. It had 95,000 people attended, and it had the three halls filled. <laughs> and they all talk like this. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to NIB. Hey, man, I haven't seen you in a couple of years. Hey. <laughs> Some you know, local anchors roaming around with their exact, you know, they just sort of stereotypes all over the, the stereotypes of, you'd actually have loved the show because it was so loaded with stereotypes. But anyway, <laughs> so I go driving around, no, 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 you can't go, you can't go in there. I said, well, you got spots, there's tons of spots back there. And the guy says, no, we're saving them for the handicapped, the disabled. <laughs> so how many disabled are going to go into the show at three in the afternoon when it's an hour before closing? No, 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 no. <laughs> did he have a badge? Did he have a? a, 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 a he had a yellow thing on. It said Vegas parking. Some did he have an armband? Scam. It's a scam. The Las Vegas Convention Center is corrupt. Yeah. So anyway, did I he have did an armband? No, I should have though, with a swastika. <laughs> anyway, I got to see a lot of cool stuff, and I really enjoyed going to this right, show. So, uh, was there anything new? Any news you're coming back from the uh, from there the was cool stuff? The main thing, I, the, I think, the highlight of the show was uh, Sony. Actually, of all people, they had an eighty, I think it was an eighty-five inch or eighty-two or eighty-four inch four uh, K. Four K was everywhere. I went to actually wanted to see some four K displays. And what it's is four K? This is like these televisions that no one will ever buy. No, they'll be buying it when they come down in price. Oh, just like the 3D, right? So it was like, no, you'll be buying a 4K TV. I guarantee it. At some dude, <laughs> I barely have HD. What are you talking about? You know me. I'm not going to buy that. I don't give a crap. It's 3840 by uh, 1080 times two is 20. Yeah, and C-SPAN looks so great on it. 2160. <laughs> what a waste. Well, there's a lot of way. In fact, with a lot of the demos, they didn't have good. The content has to go in at 4K to be come out at 4K. Otherwise, it's just blurry. But 
But anyway, so I, what I got to see, though, was the 82 or 84-inch uh, Sony 4K 3D, <laughs> which was actually quite interesting because it's like, wow. And that's $24,000. Uh-huh. But the cool one, which had no price attached to it, and I had no idea this was going on, but they had a, I guess it was a 56-inch, I believe, something like that, um, OLED 4K, hmm. which was unbelievable. I think it's the, best, the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life, literally. I mean, you just, you just can't stop looking at this thing. You have to, they have to pretty much pull you away from it. That's the most amazing thing you've ever... Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Have you ever seen yeah. the Mona Lisa? I'm talking about technology. Oh, okay. Or display technology, to be specific. I have not seen anything like this. It, it was just riveting. And the weird thing is, is I was under the complete impression... that Sony's company is not very good at selling anything, apparently. I was under the total impression that Sony had kicked the OLED uh, display technology to the curb and stopped working on it. Meanwhile, they got the biggest one I've ever seen at 4K. So obviously, I don't know. Is there a memo that it just bothered me? Right. So uh, was there anything cool at the show was my question. That was cool. Oh, okay. There's a lot of mixing stuff, a lot of new mic Hey, technology. did you, did you uh, get to talk to any um, mixer people about the project? Yeah, I actually made good contacts, which we'll talk about later. Uh, with the big names? Well, there are a couple big names. Okay, because you know, we got one of our producers. He's an industrial designer, and he's offered to design it. Ooh, an industrial designer, so it's going to look good. <clears throat> it's going to look good. And uh, and I have ordered all the bits and bobs. It'll still be, because, you know, it's like circuit boards and crap. It'll still be another two weeks before I have the demo. But this is going to be, I'm calling it the podcaster did you register that <laughs> yeah good luck with that <laughs> you better there's no way you can register that yeah you can no 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 it's, it's too as a trademark no no yeah i also don't have the thousands of dollars it takes to register that no it doesn't i well, I'll call it the poop caster then i don't care it doesn't matter people will buy it if it's if if we make the best podcast in the universe with this thing everyone will want one so I'm at the New Tech booth, which is one of the potential makers of this thing, as a matter of oh. fact. So uh, they, of course, make the TriCaster. Right. A couple of things I found. One, for one thing, they ha they're number one in the world for selling switchers. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I guess. So so I'm chatting there, and why, I don't know if this guy wants to be mentioned, so I won't mention him, but so one of the guys comes up, and because he, he's in a conversation with a bunch of the executives, and he says, hey, no agenda show. He goes on and on. <laughs> really? And so, Wait a minute. Yeah. This is one of the execs? No, this is the guy from, I think he's from Adobe or from another company that was talking to New Tech about something. <laughs> cool. Hey, and, hey, that's he, hey, no agenda show. That's how he comes up? Pretty did, much. Did he have crumbs in his beard? No, he, had, he was a good looking guy. He's a oh. regular looking guy. He didn't have a beard. Oh. So, but, so, but I since he was there and everyone's saying, oh, well, yeah, what's this all? Because, I, you know, there's a lot of people that should be listening to the show and they're not. Right. And I said, tell him. The No Agenda Show is the best show in, and then he goes, No Agenda is the best show in the universe, or it's the best podcast in the universe. He actually mimicked the exact phrase that we've been drumming into people. <laughs> really? He says, yeah, you guys should be listening to the No Agenda podcast. It's the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> and of course, none of them get the, the joke. <laughs> did, did he have a wooden leg? No, he didn't have a wooden leg. <laughs> I gave him a lanyard. Very good. Oh, you took some with you. Good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, well, that uh, so that's my summary of the National Association <laughs> of Broadcasters, ladies and gentlemen. Very for good. 2013. Good work, John. Good work. <laughs> you got to you at least confirm we have one person listening. <laughs> that's pretty much all you'd seem to have well, done. Out of the blue like that, you can probably extrapolate the audience. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, okay, giant voice system. Uh, this is another one of our projects. Um, uh, this is, it's kind of scary, you know. So, okay, so mac and cheese, I think it's it's established as a fact, a fact, uh, that we identified the mac and cheese meme way before anybody else. In fact, uh, we even had jingles. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese. And, um. And ran. No, I didn't put that one in there. No, I'm just saying. No, I Go didn't on. Do that. No, and uh, oh, by the, did you get the the, the uh, email from the guy who says he was at the doctor's office in some highfalutin? Yeah, facility? yeah. And they were yeah. and they were showing how to make a healthy mac and cheese for your kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you slaves can get used to mac and cheese. Here's mac all you need cheese, to know: mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar <laughs> melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. <laughs> okay, uh, so we've got this this giant voice system thing. Is uh, you know this is not uh, just a one-off. So we had our uh, our Sheila in Chapel Hill, who sent us the giant voice system. Uh, that is just it's photo. just it, photo, but also the recording. Remember, right. resume normal activity, slaves. Uh, so here is uh, another. Uh, I just want to collect these. Oh so, yeah. So here's another giant voice system recording uh, in these United States of Gitmo Nation. This is the weekly test of the giant voice system. They actually say it. This is the weekly <laughs> test. This is the weekly test of the giant voice system. Yes. All right. And there's a movie coming out called The Purge. It looks like an interesting uh, script. Uh, the whole idea of The Purge is that once a year in the United States, uh, everything is legal. And uh, it, you know, so basically, you go kill people. Star Trek episode from the original series. Oh, I didn't know this. Yes. Okay, well, they turned it into a movie, and uh, in it, of course, giant voice system. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge at the Siren. All emergency services will be suspended for twelve hours. Your government thanks you for your participation. <laughs> I love that. Your government thanks you for your participation. Now, that is the theatrical version. I have here Whelan. Whelan makes the giant voice systems, the one that we've seen. They have uh, pre-recorded voices that you can load up for your giant voice system. Oh, nice. So what would you... Uh, let's do a chemical release. Should we, do a, should we listen to a chemical release uh, recording? Love to. Okay, chemical release. Here we go. Chemical release. Stay inside <laughs> buildings... And close windows and doors unless advised by authorities to evacuate area. Chemical release. Stay inside buildings and close windows and doors unless advised by authorities to evacuate area. Chemical I think, I, release. I, I, I think. Yeah. I think this is an opportunity for you. <laughs> Finally. Well, let's see. Let, let's let's see. Um, let me have. Uh, Do that one. Try try doing that one. 
See if you do better than that guy. That guy's got a boring voice. They should get a pro like you in there to do that. I agree. Voice. I agree. Let me let me try one here. Um, <clears throat> I have the scripts too. So hold on. Let me uh, let me get it going here. Two, 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 one, two. All right. <clears throat> Almost right. Two, two, two. Check two. All right. Is that too much? You don't hear the echo, do you? I don't hear any echo. Oh, okay. Well, trust me. <laughs> Attention. There has been a chemical release in your area. Everyone should evacuate immediately. It's pretty good. Here goes. Attention. There has been a chemical no, accident. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, what? stop. What, am I doing it wrong? Yeah, you're, you're, you're running your words together. They have to be very distinct oh, and separate. Okay. You said there is, there has, there okay. has, yeah, there yeah, has. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Right, okay. Attention. An emergency condition exists. Stand by for instructions. An emergency condition exists. Stand by for instructions. I don't think I'm all that good, really. It's better than that guy. Let's try this one. <clears throat> Terrorist alert. A terrorism alert has been issued. Please follow procedure. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> what? That's actually a real follow procedure? Yeah, listen to it. Here it comes. Here, listen. Terrorist alert. <laughs> a terrorism alert has been issued. Please follow procedure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're all doomed. So uh, if you have a giant voice system in your area, please record it so we can uh, make a compilation yes, we're, we're CV. We're collecting uh, those weekly or whenever they do them uh, announcements off the giant voice system. Yes. we And it's, it's best if it actually, if they say this is a test of the giant voice system. <laughs> <laughs> Extra bennies for that one. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Giant voice system. In the all right, we do have a few donors that we want to thank profusely. Uh, they're all producers, of course. Uh, and we're starting off with the old... Philip Meeson, Sir Philip, to you, in Welsh Pool Pows. Uh, this is a make good donation for forgetting John's birthday. Mm -hmm. Sorry, John, hit yourself up for some donation karma. <laughs> we'll play that. All right. You've got karma. Uh, Edward Napple in Croydon, South Victoria. Uh, he said months ago I told his wife he was giving 50 to your show. No way, she said, so I gave 60. Now I told her I was giving 100, and again she said, no way, so here's 140. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> you know, and by the way, I think this is okay because I, and having been married twice, you've been married twice, John, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, would you say that it is a, and I can be totally sexist here because this is part of my neurodiversity yeah, you're, you're a sick man. I'm a, <laughs> a very sick man. So I can be uh, a misogynistic. Um, would you say that uh, women have a problem with pricing? I give you an example. How much was that dress, honey? It was it was uh <laughs> it was only a hundred dollars. Oh, and you look at the tag, it's one ninety nine. <laughs> is this I've this it seems like a trend. <laughs> trend. <laughs> And it's not it's not malicious, by the way. It's not malicious. 
Yeah. It's not. It's just, it's, it's like they see, they see a price, you know, it's like, how much was that? 40 bucks? No, it was forty nine ninety nine. That's 50 bucks. Well, they're optimists. Ah, there you go. I guess, thank a few people here. Patrick Turner, Austin, Texas, $111. And by the way, before I get in, in trouble, Miss Mickey's never yeah. like that. That's good to know. Patrick Turner, by the way, is in your town. William Langford in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, $100. Christian Collins, San Carlos, California, $100. He wants to call out his mom and dad as douchebags. Douchebags. Oh, sorry. Uh, William Ashby, Mobile, Alabama, uh, $100. Uh, Dennis Cruz, Sir Dennis Cruz to you in Beaverton, Oregon, home of the Mustard Factory. Uh, Lee Scarbeck, uh, Springfield, Pennsylvania, 70. Oh, uh, Cruz was 99.99. Oh, niner, 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 niner for him. Niner, 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 or as our friend Hitler would say, nine, 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 nine. Um, Lee Scarbeck in Springfield, Pennsylvania, 70. Eric Olson, Water Valley, Mississippi. 69, 69, dude. <laughs> says, uh, by the way, it's a late donation for John's birthday. Maybe this will help him get some to make up for being late. <laughs> hmm. Alec Doherty, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, 6969, uh, first-time donor. Steve, uh, Stephen Doty. E. Taft. His name is Doty. Doty. <clears throat> what did I say? Yeah, it didn't sound right. Doty. It's Doty. Hey, Doty. Yeah. I thought it was Duty. Mm, duty. Yeah, I'll say Duty. I think it's Doty. <laughs> I think it's Doty. He says Doty. Okay. Steven, Steven Taft. Uh, Sir Steve in Marietta, Georgia. Steven Sevchuk in West Orange, mm. New York. These are all No, no, New Jersey. <clears throat> West Orange, New Jersey. That's my What did I say? New York. Oh, I, I, I didn't get it. Uh, you didn't get enough sleep, honey? Yeah. When did you come back from uh, NAB? Last night? Yeah. How much partying did you do there? Honestly. Uh, nothing really. Did you? Now, when you were, you were there two nights? Three nights. One, just one. I just one, was in only, and out. Oh, really? Yeah, I showed up early in the morning, which didn't get any sleep to get into town. Then right. I did all my meetings, and right. then I... Uh, did you have a drink with anyone at night? What would you do in the evening? Where would you go for dinner? I went to... Um, what's the name of the place? Uh, uh, the, um, oh. <laughs> it was that good. No, I, I go there all the time. It's... Uh, uh-huh. It's Cherco. The, the Bunny Ranch? It's the, it's the little se- secondary place at the Bellagio. I took uh, Kiki oh, Stockhammer. What? This. Yeah. Dr. Kiki? No, that's Kiki something else. <laughs> the one that works. This is the girl who works for uh, New Tech. Kiki Stockhammer? Yeah, you can look her up. There's a million pictures of her. And and I, I'm, trying, I'm getting back into the good graces of New Tech who make the yeah. TriCaster. Yeah. And, you know, oh, and good things will happen. Kiki Stockhammer. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see this picture of her bending over? Uh, is that her? No, that can't She's be her. A, it's a redhead. Yeah, with a, a big top. Yeah, <laughs> a redhead with a black leather suit on is what I see. Yeah, she's in a band. So, oh uh, my god, you dog, you. We're old she's, friends. She's sexy, Kiki Stockhammer. Make my poop caster, baby. Uh, Heather Simkin in Henley on <laughs> Thames, Oxfordshire, sixty six, sixty six. You didn't close out the sixty nine, sixty nine. Huh. 69, 69. Sorry, dude. I was preoccupied with Kiki. You were distracted. Kiki Stockhammer. And by the way, is that a real name? Yeah. No. Seriously. No. Yeah. German girl. Give me a you. Give me a Stockhammer, yeah? 
Come here. The God of Stockhammer. <laughs> Anonymous. I should have gone. <laughs> Anonymous, 6133. Uh, and he's wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, Edward Bertoisen in Amstelveen. Hey, Amstelveen. Amstelveen. Edward Beerthausen. Beerthausen in Amstelveen. Amstelveen. Vein. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Timothy Darby. Wivenhoe Essex. 55. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt. <laughs> from Frankfurt. Oh, from Frankfurt, Deutschland. <laughs> That's the wrong Eric uh, Schmidt. Damn, damn. Uh, 5150. Bitching about uh, PayPal. Uh, Andrew Epperson in Portland, Oregon. Chris Whitten or Whitten or Whitten in Millboro, Virginia. Zane Bland in Milford, Ohio. Christopher Rivera in Superior, Colorado. Jason Fortune in Geneva, Illinois. And Paul Vela in, or Sir Paul actually, in Milton Keynes, UK. Christopher ah! Walker. What? I was supposed to yell at you. Oh, Why? that's the next one. I'm sorry. Oh, that's. <laughs> Christopher Christopher Walker <laughs> so, in uh, Parts sorry. Unknown. And a couple of anonymous ones, 50 bucks, and that'll close our segment of uh, uh, producers for the No Agenda show, number 503. That's right. And we have... Uh, a beautiful. Uh, show notes at uh, 503.nashownotes.com. That's where you can find uh, all of the executive and associate executive producer credits right there at the top, along with our artists. And thank you to uh, everyone who has supported the program today and also made John feel a little bit better with some birthday uh, giving there. Uh, again, uh, you know, we, we mention your name under the $750 level, like NPR in Austin. <laughs> NPR in Austin. Hello. Uh, anything over fifty dollars uh, will be mentioned unless you specify uh, anonymous. But it's much better to do under fifty if you want to uh, be anonymous. Uh, be one hundred percent anonymous. And of course, thank you to the multitude of people who, in addition to uh, giving a one-off donation, have also signed up for monthlies. It uh, really does help. Uh, we appreciate uh, your support of the best podcast in the universe. If you would like to do more support. $750. We'll mention your name on the air. Dvorak.org slash N-A. I only one to mention today. It seems kind of light on the birthdays, which means either not a lot of people were born around this time who listed the show, or people are just not listening anymore. Either one is possible. Steven Sevchuk congratulates himself. He will be celebrating on the 13th. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. Whoa, 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 what happened there? Wow. Let me see that. Something went wrong there. That's weird. That is oversensitive iPad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not coming from the iPad. That's the crazy thing. And we have... Um, we have a uh, a knighting, uh, Edward Beerthausen from Amstelveen. Looks like he's got his accounting in, and you see, you know, he's been a supporter of the program for a long time. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, I've got mine here uh, somewhere. Yep, here it comes. Uh, you know what? Looks like. Wow! Oh, here we go. Where's yours? That was yours. Right. I'm no. sorry. Something's, what are you talking about? That was you. I don't know. Is there a third person in the room? <laughs> Something's not working very well. All right. 
Edward Beatrice, step forward, my friend. You have supported the No Agenda Show, best podcast in the universe, in the amount of $1,000 over many years of your layaway knighthood plan. And we sincerely appreciate you doing that for us. So we hereby pronounce thee Sir Edward Beatrice, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on down, sir, for you. We've got hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubiness women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead at the round table with all the knights and the dames. Wow, this is really, it's uh, crunching today. What's going on with that? It's really, it's kind of weird. So I, I well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. I thought we were. No, I have a title. Uh, uh, we have a... Hello, Mr. Peerage. We have a uh, a title change. Yeah. And that is Our- Sir Dwayne Melanchthon is now an <laughs> earl. And uh, this is uh, really only because he's got his accounting in. And, and I really recommend uh, get your accounting in, people, so you can get your protectorates. Uh, yeah, you're right. You have to request it. You do have to request it. You know, we're not going to do it for you. So Sir Dwayne Melanchthon now officially becomes the earl of Oregon, Earl Melanchthon. And uh, we uh, appreciate his uh, continued support, and I'm sure he'll be going for the uh, uh, the dukedoms and the grand dukes. Uh, looks like he's well on his well to, uh, on his way to joining the elite club of uh, Grand Duke St- Stephen Pelsmachers. If he gets Grand Duke, he could probably pick up the whole West Coast. I, you know, I, and I think he could even grab Hawaii. Yeah, it might be inconvenient to rule Hawaii. Who, but who, who gives a crap about Hawaii? I guess, yeah, right. Just how, how many donors have you seen coming in from Hawaii? They're too busy uh, hanging hanging loose. <laughs> hanging 10. Hanging loose with that little symbol. <laughs> okay. So anyway, one more thing I wanted to mention about the NAB. Yeah. So I'm at the information booth and I hear this. Guys saying, well, where's the FCC? Now, this is the National Association of Broadcasters. Hold on, can right? I ask you a question? The- can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, you went to the information booth? Yeah. Are you one of these guys who says, um, I'd like some information? No. I asked him where the press room was because ah. it wasn't listed anywhere. So, uh, But meanwhile, while I'm waiting to ask the simple question, uh, the guy says, where's the FCC? He says, oh, no, no, FCC can't be here because of the sequester. <laughs> because of the Ryan sequestration? So, so, I'm, so I'm coming... So I'm coming back, and I'm sitting next to a licensing attorney that was at the NAB. Mm-hmm. And, if, and he works out of Oakland. He's going to be a good source of information. Oh, yeah. And he says, hey, wasn't that bull crap about the FCC? He says, it's a fee-based organization. Their entire budget is based on all the fees they collect. What's the sequestration got to do with anything? So they, were, they just didn't want to show up. Why were they dodging the conference? Because. Two things. Why Because. Out. One, and the lawyer had it both. He says one is that the FCC is trying, thanks to the lobbyists from Verizon and all these companies, in the dead of night, they've, they've decided to kill off low-powered TV, that whole spectrum, and just give it to these 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 douchebags, and they don't want to have anyone bitching at them. So they just didn't hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Explain this. What is low-spectrum TV? Low-power TV, LPTV it's called. You can, it's in the Wikipedia and it's a long discussion. It's, a, it's for rural areas that can't really afford to – they can't get the big signals and they can't afford cable. And they, so they can set up a shop in these little areas and get a really nice little license and broadcast oh. television. In the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. But can it be your own programming, or do you have to rebroadcast? Yeah, yeah, really? No, no anything, anything you want. Yes, I know. We should be in on. We this. should have that. 
We should have tons of them because they're all usually in little groups of five and six. So uh, they're trying. They're trying. They're killing it. It was in I think implemented in in the eighties. They're going to just kill it, and they don't want a bunch of people bitching at them. So they didn't show up for the meeting. Now, second, but there's more. There's, there, but wait, there's more. But wait, it's, it says it's supposed to go until September first, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, well, it's supposed to go forever. Mm. But anyway, they're going to kill it. Believe me, it's, 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 I believe you. I believe you. They're ruining everything. <laughs> so now the other thing is, which is, I think the main reason they want to show because all the big boys were there. Apparently, and I told this guy to send me. I'm going to have to get the documentation for this. But apparently, they've put the kibosh on any improvements of any broadcast television uh, station. Say, I own, let's say, own KGO mm-hmm. uh, in uh, San Francisco. If I make any improvements by just using new technology, which is another reason that people new, new license, you got to file for a new license. No, can't do it. Period. Hmm. You cannot do anything. At least they push this through. And this again, I think is the cable operators. They push through that if you do something to your station that it, that either that you want to do or that you're going to do that will extend the reach of the signal. Even though you got the same wattage, but say the signal goes an extra mile than it used to. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't seem like they're protecting our interests. No, this is just to get p- people off the over the air. You know, this disconnecting that's going on where people are getting a Roku box and then getting a right. TV antenna, right, right, right. And, and watching television over regular television over the antenna and the Roku box instead of paying 150 bucks a month for Comcast or whoever it is. Uh, they they're trying to put a stop to that. They don't want people doing that they have to have a cable and then of course the next thing that you'll see which we've predicted on this show uh, that at some point the fcc is going to step in and start regulating the cable industry and i think there's yeah. some pro quo going on here right so okay you let us yeah. regulate you we'll do this for you we'll right. kill we'll kill we'll kill all broadcast television right we'll kill broadcast right. television but you gotta play ball there is no limit to the number of lptv stations that may be owned by any one entity yeah. Interesting. We could have a string of these things, or we should probably get in a whole... Yeah, but, no one, but nobody uses this. No one gives a crap. That's almost that's almost as bad as my Morse code hobby. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, don't, somebody, don't you occasionally hear somebody talk back to you? Let me tell you. I, last night, I had a dream, and I woke up, and this is one of the rare... T- and I wrote it down. I had an idea for Morse code... And uh, and it's a box, and and th- and this is going to be like really really cheap, Re- a real cheap thing, but it's going to be fun for the whole family, and it's going to put Morse code on the map. <laughs> it's going to put Morse code. Created a monster, ladies and gentlemen. On the map, I'm telling you. Putting Morse code on the map. <laughs> I'm going to put Morse code. Did you know, by the way, that Samuel B. Morse was an accomplished and world class painter. I'm trying to think of no, I did not know that he was a yeah, a, a world class painter. Oh yeah, no, he was considered one in his area. He actually has some seminal seminal works that he did. I think you know it's funny. I think I have heard um, that someone had some of his art, but I didn't know. Let me just see. Really, Samuel yeah. Morse, world huh? class, world class, really Very famous, famous painter. Yeah, huh? It's the kind of things you learn on the No Agenda show. He's, absolutely. 
I I love Morse Morse keys. I mean, I could I could okay, become. Tell a, us what your idea is. No, I'm not going to tell you my idea. No, I'm going to I'm going to build my you idea. Say you're going to so you're making a you're putting your uh, stake in the ground right here. Well, I've, that you yes me Adam Curry are yes. going to revolutionize Morse code and make it a, a household thing. Make it cool again. Cool. Okay. Make it cool. All right. So I got to see. And in fact, you will be like, "Oh man, give, send me one of those boxes." <laughs> you 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 watch, and you know it. You'll be able to use it with the internet, without the internet. Of course, that's the whole beauty of it is you want to be able to use it without the internet. Um, and I think that um, many many people will uh, either buy this box and use it illegally. Uh, or I, what I hope is that people will buy this box and go and get their license. Because the cool thing is that when, e- even if you have, you don't need to be a, a general license. You, you know that little that little pansy like starter license you got. <laughs> that one, you can use uh, it with that. Oh really? Yes. Can you use it with family radio systems? Yes. Or, yes. Or that yes, other one? There's, a, there's yeah. one that's even more GPRS. Uh, yes. Yeah, GPRS. Yes. Yeah, you can use it with that too. In fact, GPRS is notorious amongst the hams out there. And we hate uh, it because they're all of them are running illegal amps. Yeah. They're yeah. they're they're pushing the signal way past what is allowed. Yeah. And nobody and and their bitch is that which is another reason the FCC didn't show up. The bitch is that it's interfering with all kinds of stuff and the FCC is doing nothing about it. They don't care. Screw it. Yeah. You guys wanted this thing, you got it. Here. Go knock yourselves out. Yeah. Well, interestingly, uh, all over Europe now uh, their ver- their local versions of the FCC are clamping down and uh, are taking away pieces of spectrum for special events and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, that's going to happen here if we don't get everybody involved. Now, speaking of this type of legislation, let me just uh, go to uh, Euroland for a moment. I received a document. Uh, hold on a second. Let me open this up here. Uh, now, the... Um, the European Cyber, the European Starfleet Command, uh, created a document uh, known as the European Audiovisual Media Services Directive. Now, this is a very complicated, and I have a link in the show notes to it, so you can take a look. Very, very complicated set of legislative documents. Again, it is the European Audiovisual Media Services Directive. And the idea behind this is that all local state-based media commissaries or commissions, like the FCC for each individual state in the Euroland zone, which I I have the the Dutch example, uh, use that directive to create laws about um, audiovisual media services. And uh, the interpretation is astounding. Uh, so I would like to uh, uh, just read for you what is actually going on in the Euroland zone. Uh, this is the Dutch version uh, of the media authority known as the Commissariat for the Media. And they have uh, harmonized their Dutch Media Act with the European Audiovisual Media Services Directive. Uh, so this brochure that I have, which you can find marked up in the show notes, we do that as a service, by the way, highlighted, uh, provides information about the provision of a commercial media service on demand 
and the laws you have to follow if you have that. First of all, if you have a commercial media service, if you are a commercial media services provider, you must register as an on-demand service within two weeks of starting. You have to register. So what is an on-demand media service? Well, uh, if all of the criteria below are met, you are an on-demand media service. If A, it is a distribute if it's distributed via public electronic communications network. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Let me finish the list and then I want to hear. It is based on a catalog. Yeah. It consists of videos and has the primary purpose of offering videos. It falls under the editorial responsibility of the provider. So it means not like a, you know, like I'm just put any stuff you want on it. You actually have editorial control. It has a mass media character and can be seen as an economic service. That's pretty much anyone who starts anything with video on the internet. That's what I'm thinking. Well, don't if you recall, and it's I in the book right now. I'm not. I'm not sure. But, uh, we have talked about licensing blogs mm-hmm. Thank for you. years, literally. Yep. And I've always wondered when they're going to drop the hammer on this. And so, hey, did you get your blog license? I mean, we. We have a podcasting license system in the No Agenda show, but yep. the blog, the idea of actually having a needing a fee based license, yep. so that so the fees can go to somebody like the FCC who won't show up at the National Association of Broadcasters using a bogus excuse. Beside the point, there's a fee based thing involved, and there'll be and it'll be, be oversight. There'll be enforcement. There'll be a whole agency of enforcement. Officers going through the blood. This is an illegal may post. I, may I read uh, number four? Regulatory fees. Media service providers that offer commercial media services on demand shall owe the Dutch media authority a fixed amount for each individual media service on demand. This amount will be set by the Minister of Education, Culture, and Science. Science! Science! Media service providers that have registered will receive an invoice for this from the media authority at the end of each calendar year. <laughs> uh, here's the uh, the regulation requirements. Advertising. Advertising messages must be recognized as such by their form and content. This is an ad. Advertising messages must be clearly distinguishable from the remaining content. They are to be preceded by and ended with a visible and or audible bookends with the statement of... Advertising, advertisement, or words to that effect. Clandestine, surreptitious advertising, is prohibited in all cases. Advertising for medical treatments is not permitted. What about really? So product placement is out. Sponsorship and product placement. For sponsored media content, all sponsors must in all cases be listed at the beginning or at the end in order to inform the audience the sponsorship reference credit is not solicitous. Solicitous. Um, Video content that consists of news, current events, or political information may not be sponsored. (laughs) This is amazing to me. How does this stuff even get that far? Because no one's paying attention because they're all watching The Voice. No, actually what they're watching, and I have a clip. Is golf. <laughs> As most of these greens are push-up greens and anything right or left, you never get a good bounce. Let's go to 15. Marcel Seam now from 175 yards. 
with his second. Boy, his round just came apart back at 12 with that triple, John. Yeah, that was, that was tough. He was going so nicely. Look at this. Well, so a tap-in bird there for Marcel Seen. Get him to seven under. Wow. Yeah, okay. Who watches this stuff? 28 seconds of my life gone. <laughs> nah, erased yeah, erased from history. Um, oh, uh, sp- let's just stay with the Euro with the Euroland zone. Um, so I, th- I thought this was it in, though, didn't I? I got that yeah, golf. You did. Yeah, you slipped into golf. Thank you. You watch it apparently. No, no, I was, you know, just channel surfing, and I heard this is this is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. I clipped it. Go so um, in uh, let's see, a Polish magazine. Hey, has, you know what I'm thinking? <sighs> We're gonna get have to have a license to do this show. Well. I don't, you know, we might get lucky because it's like, podcast, it gives a crap. That's how those elites think. Video. Video is what it is about in the Eurozone. Video. We yeah. can't have them doing video. We That's a propaganda tool. Yeah. I, I just probably went from... Right. They probably don't care about this. I went from Russian to Aust- Austrian. That was pretty good. It was very good. Uh, a Polish magazine has uh, put Angela Merkel on the uh, cover of uh, their magazine uh, dressed as a uh, an Auschwitz uh, prisoner <laughs> behind uh, barbed wire, and uh, it's yeah, you know, it's getting pretty rough there. In fact, did you see the? Uh, the t- check this out, John. Are, do you have a browser? Yeah, hold on. Browser ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. MerkelPicture.curry.com. All right. MerkelPicture.curry.com. Do it before the chat room does. Yeah, I'm getting there. I think you need more bandwidth the way you do this. <laughs> more bandwidth. That's enough bandwidth. MerkelPicture.curry.com. I'm waiting for it to come up. I think the chat room beat me yeah, to it. Yeah, they might have. Nope, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome is that picture? <laughs> now, is that a real picture? I think it's a real picture, yeah. And that's her on the left, I would assume. That correct, yeah. Looks like her, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't look photoshopped. It looks. She, uh, they have a bunch. Of, you know, Germans have a lot of these nude beaches. Yep. And uh, and actually, you know, when it comes to kind of Rubenesque women, she, you know, I mean, she was okay. Well, she actually has a figure. Yeah, had. Yeah, had. Kind of a thunder thigh look, but that's okay. Wonder so what happened. Wonder what happened to the babes on the right. Uh, one of them. I don't know. The one in the middle, I don't know. It's probably working for us still. By the way, if you see chat room, if you look at this, you will never be able to get this image off. This will be born, burn into your retina. Yeah, probably not a good thing. Sorry. Sorry if that happened. Yeah, all apologies. <laughs> no apologies. And then, uh, and this is, uh, and this is my final bit on the Euroland zone. Um, so if you didn't think it was bad enough that your European uh, human rights uh, essentially um, forces you into giving up uh, your possessions, i.e. your money, if it's in the public interest. We read this to you on uh, Sunday. Um, the European Union is now looking at uh, interbank deposits when a bank is failing as a part of the bail-in. This is their new the new meme. So what this means is if a bank in, oh, I don't know, Portugal or Spain is about to fail... Uh, the IMF will no longer bail it out because that's what the ESM is for. We warned you about that. So the ESM will not bail out the bank. The uh, depositors and investors shall bail in the bank. And if that's not enough, 
they will take any money that is uh, has been lent to them by another bank. Say, let's say you have an ABN AMRO account or an ING or a Rabobank account. That money <laughs> will be used for the bail-in. So they're actually going to take money from your bank in a whole different country. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, oh, that's just okay. Links in the show notes. Wall Street Journal wrote about this. This is just this is amazing that the public is putting up with this. John, they they're watching the they're watching golf. (laughs) You're so right. Although the public in America, there is something about America when it comes to humor, we just kick ass. Did you see that uh, Michelle Obama did a, a Twitter thing? She had a hashtag. It was so so stupid. Um. So she, uh, you should never do this, by the way. People, if if you want to learn how to do public relations, call the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. Don't just, like, don't listen to your, your own people. So she did a, a uh, uh, I guess what she wanted to do was kind of like a, an AMA, like an Ask Me Anything Reddit. Except, you know, of course, she's Michelle Obama, so she's not going to do a little Reddit thing. No, I'm going to do it on Twitter with the hashtag AskFlotus. Flota stands for First Lady of the United States. <coughs> so the hashtag got hijacked very quickly. Shall I read you some of the... Uh... I'm sure it did. <laughs> do, do these idiots have, have any clue about what's really going on out there? No, no. <laughs> no they're the hubris. hubris. They, think, they, think they're, they think they can do anything they want. Now, you can go uh, look at the hashtag now, and there's still lots of fun stuff. But I'll just read a couple. Uh, which of your three kids is the hardest to control, Sasha, Malia, or Joe? Uh, Is there a better way to fight obesity than making people too poor to afford food? (laughs) Asked Flotus. That's a good one. Good one. Do you feel guilty your family vacations have cost over $1 billion and you're turning kids away from the White House on theirs? Good one. If our public schools are so good, then why don't your kids go to them? (laughs) Have you considered canceling Let's Move as a means of further exaggerating the impact of sequester? (laughs) What's the best vacation destination to escape to when you really feel like spending my tax dollars in style? <laughs> Did they not expect this? Where in the Constitution does it state the First Lady of the United States shall tell kids what to eat? How weird is it to present the Oscar for best movie about the successful rescue of embassy personnel? Ooh, oh, that's a good one. When your hashtag gets hijacked, are you mad at Al Gore for inventing the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> These are great. Americans are fantastic. No, the commenters, they're always good for a laugh. Yeah. I mean, we it's are the same group. Of the we are there. the trolls of the universe, by the way. I mean, <laughs> and, and of course, then we have. Uh, so, you know, because of the Ryan sequestration, um, you know, the White House tours are canceled. However. Soon to be televised, I believe, on April 16th on our national treasure, PBS. Mr. President, everybody, come on. on That's right, everybody. I wish I could get me some Justin Timberlake to perform at the White House. This is, they, they, the, the administration, I didn't even know it was the Obamas, but... They must be insane to think that it's okay to have a Memphis Soul Night at the White House. A Memphis Soul Night. 
with, you know, Justin Timberlake and, you know, to have, you know, the elites of the elites swinging it out. And they're actually going to televise this, John. God. They're going to put it on television. Just throwing it in your face. So I, I wish I could do his voice, man, because I have the transcript of, of what the president said. They even published the transcript. Everybody, please have a seat. Give it up for our musical director, Booker T. And the Memphis Soul All-Stars. I just want everyone to know it's my second term, so rather than hail to the chief, we're going to go on without their <laughs> little change in tradition. Uh, uh, now... Before we get started, I'm going to exercise some presidential prerogative to say a few words about two very special people who are here with us tonight. This will humiliate them, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Actually, there is it does actually does say applause in here. Um, tonight, I am speaking not just as president, but as one of America's best-known Al Green impersonators. So I have a new appreciation for what Al once said about the Memphis Soul sound that he helped create. <laughs> Justin, stop stop blowing the whistle, Justin. We don't even know ourselves how the music has endured for so long and how it came out of us. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Oh, God. If really, we've got folks here who are at the beginning, legends like Mavis Staples, Charlie Musselwhite, William Bell, and Eddie Floyd. We've got artists like Cindy Lauper and Ben Harper and Queen Latifah. Charlie Musselwhite lives over here in Marin. I'm pretty sure. Queen Latifah, Cindy Lauper, shame on you. Justin Timberlake, shame on you. Shame on you. Let them eat cake, bitches. Shame on you. Just shame on you. How can you? I didn't see BB King there. Is, isn't Memphis. he dead? BB King, no, he's still kicking. You sure? Pretty sure. If he's dead, I'd be surprised. Let me uh, see. I'll see. check the book of knowledge while you're talking. Uh, well, I'm going to play the jingle. Consult the book of knowledge. No, he's not dead. He must nope. be incapacitated. He's 87. Ah, they don't. Then you're not going to invite him. They want living people. We want people that we can groove to. Queen Latifah, clearly Memphis soul, baby. Queen, where was Jay Z? Oh, I'm sorry. Jay Z was on his uh, Treasury sanctioned junket to uh, to Cuba. This was weird. So Jay Z and Bianchi, they go to uh, Cuba, and uh, apparently the Treasury is the one who approves trips to Cuba. Did you know this? No. What? What? Huh? Yeah. Well, um, I can. I can give you. I the, know. I, I know. If you're a journalist, you can get a, easily get a visa and go there. But you have to find some way to get there. But that's still apparently that's done the, through the treasury. The treasury. So here's a question came up in the White House press briefing. Well, Jay, um, two members of Congress have written to the Treasury Department expressing concern about the trip to Cuba last week by Beyonce and Jay Z. Does the White House share the concerns that somehow the travel restrictions have been? Pulled out a little bit. Uh, the people-to-people -people travel that's not allowed for tourism. Well, I would say a couple of things. Decisions made about cultural uh, travel and academic travel are made uh, by the Treasury Department, and I would refer you for specific cases to the Treasury Department. It is certainly the, the, uh, the case that under this administration we have eased uh, the ability to travel to Cuba for those purposes, uh, but the decisions at the individual level are made at the Treasury Department, not here. 
trip was sort of billed by them and by the Cuban government for the tourism trip. Yeah, that's not a White House matter. That's a Treasury matter. So um, they mention here people to people. And uh, this is uh, the nonprofit People to People was started in 1961 by Eisenhower. And it was uh, intended to be, you know, to have, you know, I guess hands across the border, have children. Meet. And it, it literally is for children. It's for college kids and children to travel to not just Cuba, but to all kinds of places. Um, and this nonprofit uh, is in cahoots with, hmm, let me see, I have it here. Um, so it's People to People International with Ambassador Groups, Inc., a specialized group of travel and educational service providers. And the only real thing I could find there is Discovery Student Adventures. The whole thing is very, very weird. And I think maybe just a really expensive commercial for one of these uh, travel providers, you know, that they got Jay-Z and, uh, and Bianchi. I mean, they charge millions of dollars, I'm sure, for this. I mean, why do we want to promote tourism in Cuba? It's really strange. But it's, well, maybe it's telling us something we need to well, this is, consider. Well, this, is, this is why I bring it up, because I don't really understand, but it is people to people. You hear it referenced, and people to people, um, they go to the Treasury and get permission uh, to allow this type of travel. And I don't understand why, A, I mean, the, the Bianchi and, and, and Jay-Z, they don't seem like students. They don't seem like students. Well, let's see. First, they get jump in their private jet. So it's not really a problem to get to Cuba. Yeah. Uh, so they jump in the private jet and zoom over there, mm-hmm. uh, and they do a concert. Obviously, there's a concert involved. I didn't see a concert. Uh, it might not be, you know, it might be a private concert. Private concert. We're talking about so the lead concert for the right. douchebags that run the place. This is why and, there was a conflict. that They couldn't make the Memphis Soul Night because they were in Cuba. Yeah. The private concert. for the Castros. Mm-hmm. And probably uh, so. Here's, here's negotiations. Here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. So who is it now? Who, who's in charge of Cuba? Uh, Dave Castro. Okay, so Dave Castro's brother. So Dave is like, hey Barack. No, that's he's, he's, he's from. He's an Israeli now, apparently. Um, it's Fidel Castro's brother's name, okay. actually. Dave. So Dave. Dave it's going to be Dave from now on. So so Dave calls up and says, "Hey, you know, um, I really want to continue to be an a hole." Because, uh, you know, I've been doing that since the Kennedy days, you know, and uh, and my brother, you know, he's like tired now and, you know, he's drooling and he's in a wheelchair. But it's my turn now. And if you want me to continue to be an a-hole, um, I have uh, here's what I want. I want Bianchi and Jay-Z to perform at my birthday. Send him. OK, hold on a second. We're going to find out this guy's birthday. It might be that exactly what you just said. Raul Castro. Uh, so that is. There's a whole shitload of Castro's. Okay, Raul. Nope, June third. So it's not his birthday. So hmm. let's see who's. It probably is somebody's birthday though. <laughs> oh well, Raul was first put in as the first secretary of the Communist Party in 19th April. So that's a anniversary. Uh, but that's in the 19th. That's in a week. Looking for any other connections to April. No. The oldest woman in Cuba celebrated her birthday. No, do you think she she got it? Um, no, I don't know. 
We don't know everything, but I did want no, to No, we don't, it. but we, we, we have a clue. That's the but, key. But I, it's probably money laundering, if anything. I mean, look at these, these non-profits. And so I guess the non-profit can then, they probably spent money or, you know, it, it's got to be Maybe a they're going to load the plane up with cash. Or, or come so, back know, with we dope. We got a bunch of this dollar bills. Nobody, we don't want like our public using them. Can you yeah. just send a plane? It will just ship, ship you pallets exactly. of this stuff. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and hence the treasury. Yeah, that would make sense. And the, the only reason why the treasury is, is, is uh, you know, they can block assets and people with assets from traveling and doing stuff. So maybe it has to be something like that then. Well, we'll never know. Uh, baseball? Baseball. Anything with baseball? Don't they play good baseball? Oh, yeah, no, very, very good baseball. <laughs> Um, news flash. There's this guy named Cespedes who's with the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. The guy is a tremendous, he just a, I think last year was first year, Sunday, a fantastic player. Oh, can great. hit, can run, can throw. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to shut up for a bit, but I do have some important Al-Qaeda Inc. news. As you know, Al-Qaeda is, uh, of course, uh, incorporated. And uh, we've heard many of the elites talk about their... Uh, uh, their corporate business, their corporate yeah, dealings. The board meeting, yeah. Yeah, the board meetings. Um, Al-Qaeda's branch in Iraq says it has merged with Syria's armed opposition group Jabhat al-Nusra, a move that shows the rising confidence of hardliners within the Syrian rebel movement. So this is a, uh, a, a merger of sorts. I don't know if it was a reverse merger, but it is a merger nonetheless. Sounds like a reverse merger. Reverse merger. And then I have a, a document, uh, which you will find only in our show notes. Uh, it is titled AQECA. It is, uh, from the, it is the National Cybersecurity and Communications Integration Center. It is a document, and uh, I think we needed to uh, read through this as it uh, pertains to the cyber warfare uh, coming to uh, uh, America. Uh, remember, we are the uh, we are the web warriors. You and me, John. We are okay. the, yeah. the the cyber. What do we call our show? The uh, protectors of all things real. Uh, <laughs> gar- reality police. Guardian, guardians, guardians of, of reality. reality. We are the cyber soldiers, the kilobyte combat commandos, the web warriors, the megabit battle knots, the database dastards. That's us. We now have to look out for the Tunisian Cyber Army. Recent attacks targeting the Pentagon, Department of State, Customs and Border Protection, Office of Personnel Management have been claimed by the Tunisian Cyber Army, also known as the TCA, under the hashtag Op Black Summer. These people really take this seriously. Um, February... To me, by the way, it's the Tennis Ball Cricket Association. Right. That's the TCA. Also, the Television Critics Association, Thoroughbred Charities of America. Recent Texas tweets. Texas Commission on the Arts. Recent tweets. This is an official U.S. government document. Recent tweets, claims, and operational focuses have indicated that the Tunisian Cyber Army, TCA, is being influenced and or assisted by other nefarious actor sets. For example... The two most recent attacks targeting the Pentagon and state involved, are you ready for it? The Al-Qaeda Electronic Cyber Army. (laughs) 
There what are a p- crock of crap. There appears yeah, to be this is the business to get into. There appears to be no open source history of this particular subset of Al Qaeda. There is very little evidence to show that the Al Qaeda hacker team has been active prior to the past sixty days or so. However, fact: the Al Qaeda electronic cyber army is a force to be reckoned with. So these these so they track in this document social media. Recent Twitter posts from the Tunisia Cyber Army also indicate that they are going to start potentially targeting the energy sector. As per the direction of the Al-Qaeda Cyber Electronic Army leadership. <laughs> Here's the tweets. How do they how does anyone buy, believe any of this bogus crap? So so they have a hashtag ACECA, AQECA. I mean, hashtag. let me write, let me get AQECA hashtag AQECA and the and the here it is. They literally have this in their document. Oh, my God. There's they have a logo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Tunisian Cyber Army one is the Twitter handle and at TN underscore Cyber Army. This is so much bullcrap. It's just a bunch of douchebags who are just tweeting. And by the way, how hard is it to 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 call up Twitter and say, "Hey, look, you know, we've got the Al Qaeda electronic cyber army using your uh, using your system. Uh, can you please track what IP address this is coming from, we, so we can send in a drone?" But oh no, 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 just leave it be, so we can so there's use a video. This. You might want to run the video that's sitting at the top of the uh, oh, posts. Wait. Hold on a second. Where's use this the video? hashtag? <laughs> pound hashtag yeah pound ha- <laughs> pound yeah exactly pound hashtag yeah. aqeca and then there's a video right there really okay hold on a second i got which a lot. you have to you have to expand the top tweet which says consternation yeah right now uh, of course uh chrome is uh, okay oh i see consternation phone call from tunisian cyber army Okay. God, could it be any slower? <laughs> they, they have a phone number. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anybody's uh, interested is 216-284. This call is now being recorded. Uh, so I'm uh, in the cyber army. I'm sorry if I can't uh, talk to you on Skype. And I have uh, some so maybe I'll contribute you later. And do a favor, send me your uh, Skype. Uh, anyway, yeah, the- glad I did that. <laughs> Boy, that's bad. Anyways, it's plus two. So it's a plus. I don't know where this is. Plus twenty one, I guess. Six two eight four one eight six zero six. Anyway, if you just go to Twitter, you can get the number right there and then call them. Say hello. Yes. Hey, bullcrappers. In, in the morning to you, bullcrappers. <laughs> hey, is this Langley? Call up, call the number. Just Langley. Call Definitely. the number and say, hello, did I reach Langley? Is this the farm? Is <laughs> a farm. Just ask if it's the farm. Trust me. It's code. They'll know what you're talking about. Is this the farm? Is this the farm? Is this the farm? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, this is not. This has no legs. I didn't even hear of this until you brought it up. It's 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 a dead end. Okay. Well, I tried. I mean, it seems to me I would have heard of it if there's anything important. 
No. Others. Okay, so I have something. I, I By the way, I'm reneging Uh-oh. on my claims for Clip of the Day. Yeah. I don't want it. You don't, uh, you don't want I, it? I don't want it, but I still want it because you did have this clip first, but you didn't play it. No. I do want to play this clip from this uh, MSNBC woman. It's been around, you know. This clip is also like yeah, it's on been my around. blog too. But it's just something we never played, and I feel bad about that because it's something we should have played because it's just a, it's just a classic, you know, uh, kind of arrogant douchebag uh, talking about how your kids don't belong to you. And I just thought it was just you know total MSNBC uh, propaganda garbage, just socialist. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. <laughs> All your kid are belong to me. So uh, drop your kid off at the school. Say, hey, it's yours now. Take it. Take it home. <laughs> anyway, I just found it was, it was annoying uh, kind of a thing. Melissa Harris Perry, whoever the hell, she, you know, she's like, she's actually shows here as kind of a, a, a middle class black woman uh, professional. And if you actually look her up and look at her picture, she's a like a, one step away from the Black Panther Party, <laughs> radical looking, yeah. crazy woman. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, little side note. Oh, I got another. Oh, yeah. um, I just I wanted to say that um, you know I predicted that uh, Michigan uh, would win the uh, the NCAA. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, of and course, I, I of course said that really Louisville can't can beat anyone. Did you see the video? Did were you watching um, after the game? No. The, is it the coach Rick? Patino, yeah. Okay, so you have to you have to look for this. It's in the show notes five zero three dot nashownotes dot com. So of course I was pretty sure that uh, Michigan was supposed to win because you know they need it because Detroit has been hijacked yeah, but, by uh, Ben. But as I said, Michigan, the University of Michigan is not in Detroit, and you know. But anyway, well, so I, I I think the theory was if, valid, but I think you were well. You if were if you pushing. look if you look at the video. After the game, fireworks went off. Oh, so you're thinking? Well, wait, did you me, see this? Did you see this? No, I didn't. But can I guess what you're going to tell me? Yeah. You're thinking that the fix was in for Michigan to mm -hmm, win, mm -hmm. and they couldn't. But but Louisville wouldn't execute it properly, or, or the kids didn't know about it, and they didn't care, or whatever. And so they blew it. And yep. so Patino was showing some. Fear because he might be killed in the next year. He next. he ducks like he's being shot at. You have to see this. Yeah, I you, will. you can probably just it. Google Patino fireworks. So fireworks went off, and he ducks like it, like he's under attack, like there's someone shooting at him. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way you see. At least you stick to your guns. Yeah. Well, if, let's see. Patino ducking. I bet you you can just Google that. Someone made a cool little uh, here top hit. Watch Rick Pitino duck for cover. Los Angeles Times, no less. I said, is it video or do they have? Uh, yeah, video. Rick Pitino's firework reaction at Why the final. Why is everyone giving Pitino grief about ducking last night? Because he was supposed to win the game. 
No, he's supposed to lose the game. I mean, game. lose the game. I'm sorry. Lose the game. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to lose, and then he... Here we go. And then we hear the... <laughs> he's ducking. <laughs> hey, but, you know, they're not going to shoot you at, right after the game. <laughs> they, just stay out of the hot tub, man. Yeah. He was supposed to throw the game. All right, so we'll have to keep it. We now have a death watch on Patino. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. It'll be open for 12 months, and then after that, it's uh, closed. Okay. I, I know that a lot of No Agenda people are pissed at me. Why? Because they bet on the game, of course. Oh, they bet on Michigan? Yeah. Don't bet on sports, ladies and gentlemen. We, if it's rigged at all, you don't know how it's rigged, <laughs> unless you're an insider. Of course, I think a lot of people probably lost money on that game, if that if what you say is true. Yeah. I think so. I think that's why he was afraid he was being shot. Well, we'll see. It'll play out shortly. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, it's possible. Although I still think, uh, yeah. Patino knows he's not going to get too many chances at the national championship. He wasn't. Uh, I wasn't that interested. Well, I was uh, having dinner, so I don't know. I didn't care. (laughs) You were having dinner with the Bachenstopper? Uh-huh. <laughs> What's her name again? <laughs> Bachenstopper. Julie Bachenstopper? Stockhammer. What's her first name? Kiki. Kiki Stockhammer. Julie Bachenstopper. <laughs> Kiki Stockhammer. Julie Bachenstopper. <laughs> you, guys, you guys should meet. <laughs> you should have, you should have a, a, who knows, you should have lunch. <laughs> have lunch. <laughs> All right, I have an end of show clip uh, that I do want to play today, so I'm just claiming that right now. It's a short one. Uh, George Carlin with a uh, a classic uh, uh, that one of our producers pointed out to me, so I'll make sure that uh, I'll play that for you. Yeah, I have a couple of things I want to bring up at the end. Well, it's, well, we're at the end, so let's go. All right, two. Th- one, well, the one is I, I have a question about the you know all this controversy over the morning after pill and the bomb of it. Here, so I have a clip from this this little gab fest of women that shows up on, I can't remember the name of it, but it's called Contrar- Contrarian View or something. It's all women grousing about men and with very some semi-famous people at the table. And they're all a bunch of liberal Democrats, obviously. And so Obama administration has been you know, fighting with the FDA and everybody in between in the courts because the Obama administration doesn't want this morning after pill to hit the streets free over the or over the counter, you know, buy a pill. To, uh, to you know, girls of any age. Of girls of any age. And they, Obama wanted it by prescription because you know, the pharmaceutical industry calls the shots here with him. I don't think it was by prescription. I think it was an, uh, an age limit. Yeah, that was one of the things, but originally it was the way it was sold before was by... No, no, no. Plan B uh, has uh, is not by prescription. Okay, well, whatever the case, I thought it was only by prescription. No. Nope. I think that's what Obama would prefer because they can charge more. Yes. But okay, so but there was an age thing, and then they, the, the court said, no, that's bull crap. You can just have to sell it to everybody. Yeah. And so, and so, so this is really a fight going on between the courts, Obama. Meanwhile, these women on the morning after pill, weird question... They twisted in some way that's like, what? What has that got to do with anything? You had to get to hear it. I'm Bonnie Bay. Welcome to To the Contrary, a discussion of news and social trends from diverse perspectives. Up first, the future of Plan B. 
A federal judge has ruled the morning-after pill should be made available over-the-counter for all ages in the Southern District of New York. The current federal law only allows it for women 16 and older. In his ruling, the judge said the federal government was acting in bad faith when dealing with the requests to make the pill universally available. The decision counteracts the Obama administration's rejection of an FDA recommendation to make the pill available for all ages without a prescription. So, Congresswoman Edwards, what impact will this ruling have on the Republican so-called war on women? (laughs) Well, what uh, have the Republicans got to do with this? um, So I have a different take on this. And I I wasn't going to bring it up because it's, uh, you know, it's like one of those issues. I have a take on it, too. My my take is that uh, we can't have people performing their own abortions, you see. Uh, we have a whole industry of uh, baby killing to support, and and I'm you know I've I have rather conservative views about this, uh, but I think that that's you know there's a whole industry of uh, abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood and there's a lot of money involved uh, with uh, r- uh, right to choose and you know and so we we yeah it's i think it's like yeah you you have your right to choose but you know not at home you know you need to come in and talk to us i think it's a little more no, I mean, nanny I, state that's a sinister look at things but i have a more interesting <laughs> it's thing. not sinister the whole thing isn't sinister it's, it's sinister but th- th- let me just say what i think the elephant in the room everyone's ignoring and why doesn't somebody do something because everyone makes a big stink about rape obviously because mm-hmm. rape's a big deal right but statutory rape is a little more sketchy and a little more interesting. If some 13-year-old goes in to buy this pill, why don't they book her immediately and then right. find out who she had sex with and throw the guy in jail? Because this is a statutory rape issue. Because ah. there's nobody under the age of 16 in most states or 18. Actually, in the majority of states, eight, you have to be 18. And if you actually leave the country to go have sex with somebody, you should – by law, the U.S. law, you have to only have sex with somebody 18 and older. So in a place like France, where 14 is the age, you could, if you had a sex with a 15-year-old, you could be arrested when you got back. So this, that, so they make a big deal about all this stuff. And not, you know, John, no, 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 no. 100% correct. And the number one reason why they don't want that is because it's all the politicians who are a bunch of pedo bears raping these children. They would, uh, that's a good. They uh, would get caught. This a million times, and that's true. And this whole thing it would be very easy to deal with. Let the girl come in, and then you just book her and take her to juvie. Find out who she had sex with. Go get the guy. She came in for the pill. It's already the prima facie evidence is enough to, to at least take some actions. Right. right Probably right. get a warrant. Right. And boom, you got a guy. You got a pedophile, or you got some creep. Capitol Hill would be empty, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, probably. No, no, I think I think I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed the whole problem, and he's getting and a lot of pressure. Nobody has brought this up. Not one journalist has said anything about this. God, this is a good. rape that we. This woman, this girl's coming in. She has been legally raped, even though she may have had loved it. It's beside the point. Yeah, legally, statutory rape. That's right. She's God, statutorily John, raped. You nailed this one. I did. I, I, I wish I could give you nail of the week. I don't have nail of the week. Yeah, you do in my book. That was excellent. Wow. 
Well, and, and I think the pedo bear meme fits right in. I think it makes total sense. And Obama's like, oh, crap, man. There's like at least 50 guys who are at that Memphis Soul thing. Like, you know, would have empty seats? They're out screwing <laughs> a 14-year-old as we speak. <laughs> right. Wow. Hey, uh, uh, what? Sorry, go on. No, I mean, I was going to say on that happy note, we should end the show. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It's so I, simple for this question to be asked. Yeah. Um, Where's the New York Times? The New York Times, have they written about this? Uh, have yeah, they, have they waited? Written about, no one said, asked a simple question. Really? <sighs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Good work. Well, Thank you. I am proud to be associated with you. I love how the chat room misconstrues what I say into... Check this line out. I am glad that AC says he believes that the government should control individuals. Did you hear me say that? <laughs> what? Did you hear me say that? No. no. This, is the, this is the douchebags in the chat room. They always just come up with stuff like No, it's this. only one. It's, uh, let's see, KSSX18. Kick. Kick. Oh. I'm going to have to be a channel half operator. Crap. I'm not even a half operator. Well, I don't go in there because they kick me for some <laughs> Ah, uh, I'm no good. All right, John. Uh, well, belated happy birthday. Nice to see everyone checking in and uh, and uh, pitching in a little bit there on your uh, four foot one birthday. And uh, we'll, we we will be back on Sunday uh, with more media deconstruction and analysis. Remember to support your podcast and not the douchebags at NPR who have uh, more value in studio equipment than we'll ever see in five years of podcasting. Coming to you from the uh, Travis Heights hideout here in Austin, Texas in the morning, everybody. My name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, my name is John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here on Nueva Agenda. Millions of semi-conscious Americans day after day shuffling through the malls, shopping and eating, especially eating. Americans love to eat. They are, they are fatally attracted to the slow death of fast food. Hot dogs, corn dogs, triple bacon, cheeseburgers, deep fried butter dipped in pork fat and cheese whiz, mayonnaise soaked, barbecued mozzarella, patty melts. Americans will eat anything, anything, anything if you were selling sautéed raccoons assholes on a stick. Americans would buy them and eat them, especially if you dipped them in butter and put a little salsa on them. This country is big time, big time. Forget the bald eagle. You know what the national emblem of this country ought to be? A big bowl of macaroni and cheese. A big bowl, because everything in this country is king size. King size, extra large, and super jumbo, especially the fucking people. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A